It's the Tiltcast, episode 518, More Aerodynamic. And this week, guys, we talk V-Rising, Stray, Ring of Pain, Risk of Rain 2, Survivors of the Void, Cult of the Lamb, and Ghostwire Tokyo. Stay tuned. I'm back. So smooth. There's only one can. Woo. <laughs> I don't know. Maybe I don't. I don't have a. I don't have a can to you know crack for you right now. Hey, we're back. It's the Toolcast. It is. It is eight fifty-seven p.m. Central Time, nine fifty-seven p.m. Eastern Time, on September third of twenty twenty-two. It is eighty-four degrees outside. I'm Nas. I'm Jason. Uh, I'm Rusty. And that's 62 degrees here. And with the three of us, you're going to get about 30 minutes of bullshit. Um, some games and some news. And we are an M-rated yeah. show. Rusty is back. So uh-huh. that's what you're hearing is uh, us over the uh, discords, the three of us together once again for recording Finally. after about three months. Oh, my God. It's been way too damn long that's for damn sure yeah so uh be a little bit different of an episode this week because want to see what rusty's been up to i mean me and jason know you guys don't know right um and then we've actually got a fair amount of game to talk about today but um i'll let rusty steal a little bit more of this show guys so before i get started though jason you done anything interesting this week uh, most interesting thing I did all week was, well, hang out with you and most of our game crew last night and go to the lake today, so. Oh, what lake did you guys go to? A uh, small little lake up in Osage County called Birch. Hmm. So you've talked about that before. Is it just yep. quieter? Is that the reason you guys go to that lake? It that and it's close to her mom's house. Like, oh, okay, they're literally a five minute drive from that lake. Okay, that nice. makes sense. Right yeah. on. And that's basically besides some game. That's about all you've been up to this week. Yeah, and then it was very little game. <laughs> Fair enough. Yeah, no, this, I understand that. Yeah, I was going to say, this week hasn't been all that eventful for me as well. I've been working my ass off, getting ready. I've working. I got to work one holiday the in the year, but it'll be a light holiday. Um, I was just making sure that the day that I did work, well, Monday, is very low-key and that I'm doing nothing but just the basics at work, and I can kind of put my feet up as I work for Monday. But... Um, besides that, uh, my tattoos like mostly healed. So got to take off the, uh, Saniderm today. That was actually a lot less painful than I expected. It's still a little bit tender, but not very much tender. And uh-huh. I've been hitting it with the aquifer. I've taken like two showers since I've been able to actually take a shower without the fucking Saniderm on. It's kind of yeah, like, just make sure that you get that shit well fucking, uh, uh, moisturized for, you know, for the first bit. Yeah, my 
tattoo artist said to be careful not to overdo it or it's going to take forever. He said the smallest amount of aquifer that you can use on a super thin layer. And he's like, just keep it clean with some antibacterial soap. So yep. that's what I'm doing. Wash with antibacterial soap a couple times a day, well, a couple times to two day. And uh, hit it with the aquifer a couple times and just, you know, not rolling around in the mud with it or just dipping it in the pool. Yeah. Uh, uh, that would definitely give you a shock right there. I'm it, sure. It's not that sensitive, though. Like, it feels like a, I was going to say a level one sunburn, a first degree sunburn is about what it feels like right now. It's not, it's a little bit tender. Like, sure, I couldn't like. If I wanted to shave my legs for some reason, that would probably aggravate the hell out of it. But like beyond that, which is something I don't typically do anyway. But why would you shave your legs, man? Well, they should did shave my calf for the tattoo. But okay, well, and I think that was the first time my legs ever been shaved. Um, well, it's not something guys normally do. I'm just saying, unless you really want to get super sleek in that pool of yours. I mean, you want to be more. You got to be aerodynamic. Right. And right. I mean, I know, I don't know a lot of people, but I do know of a couple of people I worked with that worked out a lot that shaved all their body hair for the, you know, definition reasons or whatever. I don't know. I feel like I've, I'm more of a, I'm a bear. So, you know. <laughs> right. Well, I, you know. I can be a, I can be a burly hairy dude. I'm, I'm fine with that. I don't have very much hair on my head, and it's just like, you know, whatever little hair I've got left, I'm just going to keep that shit. You don't want to, I don't want to take uh, get that taken away from me at all. I'm a hairless ape. Yeah. Yeah, I'm not really, I'm not that aerodynamic. I'm kind of like, I don't know, kind of a house hippo you'd, myself. You'd never get me in a fucking pool anyway. What? I think I'd look like a goddamn manatee. It's pretty comfy. I mean, oh. you probably float. I'd probably float, maybe. <laughs> yeah. We all float over yeah. here. <laughs> oh, my God. Uh, it's been you a while. break out the fucking bozo nose, I'm going to punch you through the internet. <laughs> <laughs> oh, boy. Yeah. Yeah. We, uh... So, yeah, aside from that... Actually, we, uh... We made... We... I made some pretty good food the other day. I was pretty proud of it. I uh, So I've got a Weber 22, and the Weber 22 is what I use for grilling and light smoking. Mm -hmm. So I ended up making some burgers, and I got three and a half pounds of beef. And with that three and a half pounds of beef, I uh, I made these monster-ass fucking burgers on the grill. And it oh, was, God, yes. Oh. And I was asking the boys, I was like, what do you guys want for buns? And, you know, I found some pretzel buns fresh from the bakery up at a local store here called Reacher's. Oh, boy. And so I toasted those bad boys up and they're, you know, it's kind of like eating it on a pretzel, like a soft doughy pretzel. So that plus I had habanero jack and then for, you know. The other people you who didn't like anything it, spice. So for those, those of us who are stomach. wimpy. Yes. For those of lesser constitution, um, <laughs> I got some nicer American cheese. I guess it was like Colby and cream cheese, but it was called American cheese. 
um, to melt well, on the burgers, which is actually pretty good because I'm eating. Le- I ate leftovers today. In fact, while me and you were testing the recording, I was eating one of those leftover burgers. Yeah, for sure. Um, I had to check to make sure the levels were right. Yeah. But, uh, yeah, um, that was really fucking tasty, and it was worth the cheat on my diet. Although, just that, I think I've gained like four pounds in water weight. It'll take me a couple of days to get that back off, but I'm all the way, it's all the way worth it. But other than that, you know, gaming, which we'll get into. But, yeah. see, told you, Rusty, you've, you've got a lot of space here. Um, <laughs> you've done, you've been gone for obviously longer than a week, so... <laughs> Uh, well, what holy the, shit, do I have space? What what the hell happened? Yeah, where the fuck do I start? <laughs> well, the fucking, you know, so, yeah, this has been about three months. Yeah, it's, um, it's been way too fucking long, that's for sure. Uh, so, I don't know, maybe I'll start off with uh, some of the fucking shit that I ended up have, uh, having right when I got here. So... You know, I moved I moved back up to uh, Michigan. That's you know, that's the uh the destination in a podunk town uh, that I grew up in. Yeah. Uh, just we, happened to have all my family. We intentionally didn't name the town because there's like 500 people in the town or whatever. So I figured like Oh yeah, well. <laughs> like, I mean, like, there's like what four town buildings in that town? Uh there's more than that, but half of them are vacant, so I guess that makes sense. Yeah. Um a bunch of failed uh, uh, failed businesses have come and gone through here. The fucking Main Street has seen uh, different names on buildings uh, over the past 20 years, at least. But, yeah, it's it's a little little tiny town. It's a blink-and-miss-it style fucking village, right? And it's really, it's a village. That's what it says on the sign. So, uh, yeah, it's, it's one of those places. Um, and it has shit internet. And uh, that was one of the reasons why I wasn't, uh, you know, wasn't on the show before this. Uh, I still have that shit internet, but I decided to uh, try to figure it out. And uh, I think we've got a a fairly good solution right now. That basically means I just need to kick my roommate out uh, and make sure he's not downloading porn. Um, The other thing is I needed to get my fucking microphone all set up. Uh, because, you know, I brought my podcast mic and, uh, well, I don't have that fancy ass mixer that, uh, that's in the studio there. Uh, so I had to figure out how to hook up an XLR mic to my computer without having about 18,000 miles worth of fucking cables here. Uh, and I ended up going with a Go XLR just recently. Um, uh, fucking expensive bitch though. It's like $500 to fucking buy one of these things. But... It does everything I want it to, and it doesn't. Ha- it has like a grand total of three cables that goes into it, and it's got RGB. So what can I expect, man? It's fucking. It, it makes you got a mixer go with. You got a mixer with RGB. Not only does this motherfucker have RGB, but it has fader sliders on it, and they're motorized. If I press a button, it fucking like instead of muting it. It will move the fader all the way the fuck down to the bottom. It's, it's like it's extra. That's what it is. It's fucking you know, extra. That mixer is actually more expensive than the mixers in here. Oh yeah, for sure by about three hundred dollars. <laughs> but uh, yeah, um, we have I, a. I, it's not. It's like a mid-range Yamaha mixer, but it only has four channels on it. But it's just, 
It was a XLR mixer that had a USB out, which is right. how we're able to do this. Right. And it's and it it works perfectly for a studio setting with multiple microphones or multiple in- inputs. Um I don't need that. You know, considering where I'm at, I need something that's sleek that you know that just need, you know, only requires, you know, just the base amount of fucking cables and it does all the mixing that I need for you know, a system and eventually probably streaming. That's one of the plans I want to do is I want to get on and start streaming some games, maybe play with, you know, play with, you know, listeners or play with you guys or whatever and fucking stream it. Um, and of course my roommate, um, my buddy, um, I'm just going to call him cam. Uh, he, uh, uh, he is out of the house right now, which is giving me enough bandwidth to actually be on the show right now. Um, he's going on a fucking cruise. So this motherfucker, he's, you know, he's going to go have a, you know, whole, have a whole fucking week for the fun. And I'm going to sit here, play video games and I don't know, fucking, you know, take selfies from each fucking room and send it to him saying that I masturbate in each room or whatever. I don't fucking know. Uh, it's, <laughs> I'm just fucking with him while he's gone. Uh, but you know, it's it's been a it's been a minute, man. It's uh, there's there's so much shit that I don't even know where to go to start from, man. It's just my setup is nice now. I've got it all set up. I put fucking you know the uh, the the sound blankets up to get a good studio quality sound. I don't have a whole lot of reverberation. I am literally in a basement right now. Um, I I am living the trope of living in mom's basement because I, I call Cam's mom mom, and uh. And uh, this is her house, so I'm literally in mom's basement playing video games and you know and podcasting right now. So that's fucking a great thing, living that stereotype. But I don't know, man. Um, shit. I guess. Uh, what's the circumstances, or if you want to talk about that, as far as why you're up there and what you're doing? Well, I mean, I'm I moved back to. Uh, uh, to be closer to family, uh, that was that was a mid a big major point of of moving back here was uh, I was just too fucking far away from family, and it's really really important to you know to spend time with family while you can, um, and it just it just it it just hit me like a fucking you know a ton of bricks you know about um, you know right around Mother's Day that it needed to happen, and. Uh, You've, I've just I've you've been gone everything. for like you've been gone for like close to twenty years, right? Yeah, dude. I haven't been. I haven't lived in this little podunk town uh, for um, yeah since about twenty one years is uh, is what it is. Uh, I've come back and visited, but I've never really stayed. You know, for more than a, a week or two, uh, and it was always right around some form of holiday that I would come up there. So it would either be Mother's Day or thanksgiving or christmas or something like that and uh and it was it was never enough time that was always i was always told that i needed to be here i needed to you know to spend time with you know everybody in my family my whole extended family lives within about 10 miles of me uh now uh and uh, I've always came up here and I ended up having to fucking spend half the time re- uh, repairing computers and fucking making shit work and looking at people's phones and bullshit. So it's like, oh, well, I mean, 
you know, your your tech support finally comes local. Uh, you know, I ended up having a lot of uh, a lot of computer uh, computer shit to work on. Um, but that was that's pretty much what the first part of my uh, my return here was. Uh, that was 16 hour drive. You know, my brother uh, came and you know, picked my ass up. Uh, and uh, Jason was there fucking, you know, throwing, you know, a bunch of my fucking belongings in the back of a uh, U-Haul pull behind, you know, trailer. Hooked that up to my brother's truck, and on the fucking road we went, and we went, we just, we we stopped at one place there, uh, and we fucking got drunk as fuck. Uh, we just, uh, we decided that we just needed to unwind for a night, and uh, and then took the the rest of the trip, and I can't remember where we were. I honestly, I don't, I don't have much memory of that place. I know that we ended up spending way too fucking much for the rooms, but whatever. Um, the uh, uh, the trip pretty much uneventful, for, you know, on my side, we, we all made it perfectly fine. Um, I, and then it just it, it, then it really hit me, you know, like I'm I'm basically moving in with my uh, with my buddy in his mom's house. and. Uh, his mom's, you know, his mom doesn't really live in the house, so it's just me and my buddy. Uh, and uh, one of the things that I needed to do immediately upon coming into this place was basically carve out my own fucking, you know, spot. Is the room that I was, you know, that I'm in right now was used as a storage room, and this this room was jam packed full of shit, and. The basement was jam packed full of shit, and the room that I, you know, that I'm using for a bedroom is fucking was jam packed full of shit. And I was like, okay, I've got to clear this shit out, and that's what I've been doing for the past for the first two months. I was just cleaning house. I was, you know, organizing. I was, I was just, I just went, I went balls to the wall, fucking like we're, you know, getting a fucking dumpster. We're cleaning out a bunch of shit. We're throwing stuff in a yard sale we're putting it in storage you know we're paring down a bunch of the shit that we don't fucking need and we're just you know and you know in that i had to take care of all the stuff that was here plus move all of my stuff in and try to get it all set up uh but i think i mean if i took a picture of of the uh of the setup that i've got right now uh in in the studio room which is what i'm calling this um it's actually pretty you know it's pretty set right now i can play vr in here i've got my oculus hooked up got plenty of space to do that uh the desk that i've got is a uh, uh secret labs magnus desk uh so it's a nice sturdy metal desk um my my system's on display over in the corner with all the rgb lights and shit um and it's the cleanest setup that i've gotten you know i've had in years and i plan on doing a monitor tree so i can do like three different you know three monitors off of the desk uh that hasn't been done yet but i've got the monitors for it uh and i plan on you know i plan on doing this and uh, setting this up as you know as a, a streaming setup and podcasting setup and you know and doing all my media shit right here it's going to be fucking grand, man. It it looks it looks fantastic right now. It's just going to get better with, you know, as I uh 
you know, as I get going. The uh, the biggest issue that I've run into so far, I thought for sure with, you know, with my work background that I was going to be able to jump right into a fucking tech job up here and just like own it because holy fuck, that's what I've been doing. You know, I've been doing that for, I don't know, fucking eight, eight, nine years now. And uh, what I found out, there is no tech jobs up here. Nobody knows how to run a fucking computer and nobody has them because, you know, and if they do have them, uh, they, uh, they just, they just run them until they die and then buy another one from the, from a fucking shelf. They never ask anybody to fucking fix it because nobody up here knows how to fix that shit or they charge way too much to do it because, I mean, when you're, when your best technical, uh, uh, you know, tech support guys are geek squad and they're 40 miles away. You, you know that you're in fucking like the middle of fucking tech desert. So. It's a it's a thing. Uh, I'm still actually looking for a fucking job right now. I would love, love, love to get into a fucking job because I am one of those guys that just needs to keep going uh, and not giving up. I'm just uh, I'm just, you know, I'm looking for the right fucking job and I'm looking for a, you know, looking for an IT job. Hire me, please. Um, the, uh, <laughs> but the, uh, the thing is, uh, I don't want to settle because one of the reasons why I moved away from, uh, from Michigan was the only jobs I could get out of high school was a manufacturing job or something in food service. And I just didn't want that. I didn't want that for my life. And that's why I moved away. Uh, so I, I'm staring down that same double barrel shotgun. Uh, and you know, I, I am just refusing to give into that. And that's why I'm, I'm just, you know, you know, chilling right now. But I mean, if it eventually it'll work itself out, I'm going to, I'm going to just continue at it. And in the, in the meantime, I'm just doing what I can to better my own life and, you know, spend time with family because holy fuck, it's been, a, it's been a long ass time since I, you know, was able to, you know, just you know, go over to my mom's place and have dinner. She doesn't cook keto, but you know, I'll eventually get them to actually, you know, you know, skip the buns or something, right? But uh, it's it's been, yeah, it's it's a uh, it's great. What's that, Jason? It just the thought of your mom skipping the starch. Oh no. Yeah. It's, eh, that's not, it doesn't happen very often. She does keep, uh, you know, I mean, I have lost about, I don't know, 35, 40 pounds or so. Um, it fluctuates between 35 and 40. Last time, the last time I checked, it was about 40, uh, in three months, I've been kept in, in three months. Yeah. I actually lost most of it in the first two. Jesus Um, Christ. I've been really strict on keto. Like I, I have, uh, only bought keto stuff. I've only, you know, I've been cooking most of the, uh, uh, most of the food around here. Um, uh, I've been buying all the food and, you know, so, you know, in that same space, you know, Cam is also actually, you know, been on keto. He's lost some weight too. He won't tell me how much, but he lost some weight. Uh, so it's, you know, I'm, I'm doing 
you know, I'm doing great uh, as far as you know, nutrition wise. I'm doing I'm doing fantastic, and I got what I wanted. I had not been able to get a fucking smoker while I was at a you know at an apartment complex because I mean, where do you put it, right? Right. I got myself a smoker now. It's it's baby's first smoker because somebody's gonna you know give me shit because it's not a real smoker. Uh, it is a uh, Pit Boss Seven Hundred. Uh, it is a pellet grill, uh, and it does have the smoking option, and it does make smoke rings on meat. I've checked, and it did. I did perfectly fine. Uh, it does you know everything that I want it to uh, uh for for smoking in fact just the other you know just the other day i uh, smoked a couple uh, uh racks of baby back ribs and they came out and fucking tastic dude falling off the bone and fucking flavorful and juicy it was just great man it was like you know meat popsicles man it's great it's awesome but uh you know i've been you know learning uh learning about that Trying to you know trying to get good at you know smoking shit because you know I haven't really had that opportunity uh, and uh, that's really definitely helping with you know uh, with the keto as well because I can you know throw something on there you know slow cook it all day on the you know on the you know, pellet grill and man it's it comes out just tasting beautiful it goes through pellets like crazy but. You know, you, you you have charcoal costs yourself, you know. It's about the same price, honestly. Uh, about $10 a bag or so. Uh, and the bag lasts for about a 24-hour cook. So, uh, so that, it, it makes, it makes, it makes financial sense to, you know, to use that kind of stuff. And, I mean, come on, I, I've lived you know, most of my life in an apartment or, you know, over at Jason's place. And we didn't really have a grill to speak of. Right. So, you know, I, I've just, I just love having a grill available to me. Um, it just makes things, you know, it makes, gives me a little bit more, you know, variety opportunities to do things like, you know, pick up some pork butts and, you know, or, you know, some baby back ribs or fucking, you know, uh, do some reverse sear steaks on it or, you know, a bunch of different shit. Right. Um, my, uh, my birthday cake this year was, uh, uh, four T-bones and, uh, my carbless cake. It's great. So you just had steak. I had steak for, you know, for, uh, for my, uh, my birthday. Yeah. So it's been, uh, that's been fucking, you know, it's been fucking grand, man. Yeah, me and Jason but, had forty thirty seven cake. Yeah. Oh, well, yeah, Lottie fucking die, you bastards. <laughs> but no chocolate and cream cheese icing. Mm. Yeah. Really? My friend, yeah, you know my friend made, have? my friend was making a cake and she didn't know how to, uh, how she wanted to put both numbers on there. So she just put 4037. <laughs> and the three was backwards. It was glorious. It was pretty funny. <laughs> That's great. That is fucking amazing. 
Oh, my uh, my steak came with uh, uh, candles uh, that was uh, a two and a three because I kept telling everybody that I'm just 23 years old and I'll be 23 years old next year, too. Um, so that that was one of the things that, you know, that that happens around here. I, I honestly I love it up here. The fucking weather's great. Uh you know, it really rarely gets up above 80 degrees up here, uh, barely rains, um, which is kind of a problem because we need rain. Um, I'm uh, I'm not looking forward to the winter time, so I'll give you a, I'll give you an update once uh, snow flies around here. Yeah, cause because you moved uh, in the summer. Yeah, I moved up in the summer. So it's of course, it's going to be great fucking weather. It's going to be, you know. You know, it's going to be nice compared to uh, Okie Land, but yeah, it's going to suck in the wintertime. I'm already preparing my asshole for it. Well, you didn't but, even have central air for a little bit, didn't you? did you? No, no, we did not. We didn't have central air. But I mean, honestly, you know, we really didn't need central air here. I mean, uh, to be completely honest, compared to the hundred fucking degree weather in in Oklahoma, uh, when it was hot up here, it was about ninety degrees. Okay, the reason why we needed central air was because we have all of our tech in the basement. This is, uh, you know, the studio and the the main floor of the uh, the basement is essentially a man cave. The uh, the biggest problem with that is that this shit generates a bunch of fucking heat and there was no circulation in these rooms. So it got real fucking you know, sweaty down here real fucking quick if we were both gaming and had the TV on or whatever, because, man, we just we just had no way of getting rid of the heat. Uh, so it's nice down here. Uh, but it's really fucking chilly in my, you know, up up in the bedrooms. I mean, it gets down to like fucking 65 degrees in the fucking bedrooms in the, at night. And it's really fucking chilly up there. So we're we're still kind of testing, you know, you know, fine tuning that shit. But, you know, just having ventilation down uh, down in the man cave and, you know, in the studio, that is that was a big game changer i i went from being able to sit down at my computer for about 15 to 20 minutes at a time to being able to sit down for a couple hours at a time and you know i refuse to hook up my you know my oculus without fucking ac because you know if i'm playing beat saber you know i'm gonna get i'm gonna be a sweaty boy so uh i needed to make sure that there was good ventilation in here but yeah man the uh the setup is you know the setup is nice the uh the house while it took a little bit of effort to uh you know to get it cleaned out we've got it cleaned out to a point where you know you know I, i'm okay with it but it still needs work but that's okay uh big thing the next big thing that we're going to be doing uh is or i'm waiting for uh for internet now i alluded my internet's kind of shit and I'm honest, honestly, I'm surprised that I'm on fucking, you know, I'm on the show right now because my my upload is abysmal, absolutely abysmal. And the cat wants to say hi, by the way, the uh, the cat's name is Maya May. And uh, 
she she is basically humping my leg right now. Um, but yeah, the uh, the internet is the next big project. Uh, this little town of like a couple dots and a couple houses and maybe a couple businesses is getting fiber, and uh, that's going to be great. It's going to be two hundred up, two hundred down fiber, and you know that is going to be running to you know every house and every business in you know in this little town and most of these houses and businesses barely use any internet at all so i'm not not expecting any kind of congestion on the uh, on the fiber lines at all um which means i'm only go- i'm going to be getting about a 20 times increase in download speed and about 200 times increase in upload speed. So that's going to give me a lot more flexibility to be able to do things like be on the podcast, stream, do all, you know, do the fun things, right? It's just, uh, they've pushed it out multiple times and, uh, man, it is fucking frustrating me. Because they were supposed to have it, they were supposed to have this uh, this fiber in at about. Uh, uh, they said it was going to be mid July. It was when uh, when fiber was going to be run. Then it was August. Then it was September. Now they're telling me about mid, you know, about early to mid October. And uh, if they fuck around, they're going to be installing this shit while the you know while the snow's flying. Because uh, it starts to snow about late October up here. I start to say permafrost uh, kind of kills any kind of ground project, doesn't it? Yeah the the um, the ground will frost up. It won't frost up until uh, November uh, November ish, um, to the point where you can't break through it. Uh, so they've got to uh, they've got to run all of the uh, up to the house fiber. Uh, lines uh, before uh, before frost hits. Otherwise, the whole project gets you know delayed until spring after the you know after it thaws. And that I mean that's a that's a thing you have to think about that you know wherever you're living. That's a thing that you have to th- you know think about. They're not going to be able to break through that fucking frost to uh, to run the lines. You know, so I'm just hoping. Uh, that they get it, uh, you know, get it up to the house at the very least and complete the loop because uh, they got a, a big fiber loop that goes around the town uh, and they're running trunks off of that. Uh, so if they can complete the loop and start running lines, you know, up to houses, and they've got about half of the houses in town actually, you know, to that point, just not ours. Um, once they do that, then it's just a matter of just getting an installer out here to, uh, you know, to run that line in. And, uh, man, this house, even with this shit fucking internet, we have turned everything into a, you know, a smart light, smart switch. Everything is fucking controllable by a, uh, uh, I don't want to say her name, um, because I could, I could basically turn the lights off for the entire house at this point. Um, <laughs> smart assistant. Um, Amazon smart bitch. Yeah. Amazon smart bitch. Um, the, uh, you know, she's definitely listening to me right now. Um, 
but yeah, the uh, you know every room, including the fucking bathrooms, have uh, have a fucking you know speaker in it. Uh, you know, just in case. I I guess I don't know. I've never used the ones in the bathrooms, but I guess if you needed to, uh, you know, play your Spotify or whatever, or fucking you know Sirius XM or whatever, we could do. You could do that in the fucking bathrooms while you're you know playing with yourself in the shower. Um, the uh, but all of I mean, all of the lights you know being set up that way is. Uh, it's actually kind of nice, and because it's all the LED, these are all you know energy efficient. It's not it's not Linus Tech Tips fucking crazy, but it's pretty crazy for around here, because um, uh, I think we have the smartest house in all of the area. I don't think there's anybody that's got anything close to what we've got right now. You know, so it's uh that that will you know that will be you know part of the bandwidth that we're you know that we're using uh, believe me everything go, runs a little slow when we uh when we tell her to turn off the lights um but we've got the the house set up you know for uh for high speed internet i'm going to be running lines uh directly to the uh to the uh streaming rigs or gaming rigs uh hardline and then we've got mesh fiber throughout the house uh, and we're going to have the, uh, the fiber, uh, fiber modem, and I'm going to build a inside DMARC basically, uh, so that we can, you know, run all of the lines directly from, you know, you know, directly from there. Uh, and it's going to be in a box right here in the, uh, in the basement. That way we can control everything. It's going to be nice once we get it all set up, but right now I barely have signal to be able to do shit. Hell the uh the internet i get on my phone is faster at some points so that's saying something that's pretty rough so just to give you know to give you that idea that you know i'm i'm running with uh you know with you know shit internet and i am kind of an ADD gamer uh so when it comes down to what games can i play i mean Downloading a new game takes about oh, half a day to a full day if nobody else is using the internet. And that's fucking crazy because I was going through, you know, I was downloading like 50, 60 gig games, you know, you know, every other day, basically, you know, in, in the, uh, in the Tulsa area. Uh, and I can't do that anymore. I mean, big games take, you know, that's, I have to set shit up to download overnight when nobody's using the fucking internet because I mean, you have to plan for what you want to play play. I have to pre-plan it. Yeah. I have to pre-plan how to fucking, you know, how to do that shit. So, you know, I've been playing a lot of, um, a lot of games that I pre-downloaded before I left. Uh, and, uh, I've been, you know, picking up smaller games because you know the, the indie indie games tend not to be much more than you know maybe a gig uh and that's what i've been doing man i've been playing a fuckload of those and not much else uh you know i play a little bit of beat saber here and there but uh man i'm just going through what i've you know what i played on fucking steam but i've got a few things that I've, I mean, I've been using my Xbox Game Pass. Um, I've been 
you know, playing around with uh, Satisfactory on uh, uh, on the Epic Game Store. Uh, I've been doing a bunch of shit. So let's let's take a look here. I mean, you gave me a game just before I left. Um, uh, v Rising. Oh yeah, yeah. I I put it on hold for the time being, and then I was kind of hoping to see what you thought of it. But I I still have it installed. I just haven't played it in a while. Yeah, I I. I played around with it for a little bit, um, and and to be honest, it's got you know what I would consider good bones, right? Um, it's meant to be played in kind of a quasi PvP VE situation. Um, that's I see how that's meant to be played, uh, and I've been playing it solo offline, you know. So it's I'm I'm missing a bit of. Uh, you know, a bit of the action that normally would come with, uh, you know, running into other uh, vampires or whatever. Um, it's it's all right. I think it uh, I think it progresses a little slower than I expected. Um, and you spend a lot of time just basically fucking dodging sunlight. Um, but it's it's a it's a decent game i just i don't it didn't blow my mind right it was just it's all right uh it needs a little bit more time in the cooker i think uh and i know there's there's been a couple updates to it but i haven't really checked on it you know you know since uh june when i first got here uh so i just i just kept moving on with what i had i i tried to play no man's sky again but man uh, i don't know <laughs> I can't get into that game anymore. <laughs> I mean, I dig it. It's pretty cool in VR, but there's a lot of little things you need to do to optimize it to get it to look right and play well. Like you can make it look like ass and play well, and it's not like I have a low spec machine. So, <laughs> um, right, I've had to play a lot with the way it the way it renders in VR in order to get it to play at a smooth FPS. And then I had other things I really wanted to play. Right. So I just haven't messed with it that much. Yeah. It's, it's one of those things I touched on. I, uh, I touched on it just to see if, uh, I could get into it because, you know, if you play, uh, play through a, uh, you know, a normal mode, you know, campaign of that, that can, you know, that can suck up about 40 to 60 hours depending on how deep you want to get into it, right? So I was looking for something that I could do, you know, for a period of time that didn't require any more downloading because, I mean, I had, I've had that installed since I got it, you know, long fucking time ago. Uh, so that kind of, I bounced off of that a little bit and I, I went back to uh, uh, some some games that I just, I just love, and uh, I've been playing. I played Risk of Rain two until I fucking my eyes bled. Uh, every time I play Risk of Rain two, uh, it's it, it's just a fun time for me because you can do uh, once you get, you know, once you understand what each one of the uh, the survivors does, uh, and how to build around the survivor skills. Uh, those, uh, those runs can take, you know, 45 minutes to an hour on, you know, on the easiest setting. Um, and you can do some really crazy shit with it. Uh, 
but the uh uh the risk of rain 2 uh i i picked it up because i also picked up the uh, dlc for it which adds two new uh characters and a bunch of different uh items that really kind of change how the game you know how gameplay is when it works you know because you got a uh, uh corrupted items that if you uh if you pick it up and then uh it'll corrupt anything of the same type of item make it do something different and then if you pick up any new items it automatically becomes a corrupted item and uh that that means that you make a decision early on in your gameplay you know, to pick up that corrupted item and that's how it's going to work. But most of those corrupted items are fucking way overpowered. Uh, so it makes this fun, you know, the game, the runs a lot more fun because you have options now. Uh, I mean, ultimately a pretty simple game, uh, but I mean, anything that you can, you know, any roguelike that you can fucking run for, you know, a f- 45 minute to an hour run and have fun doing it the entire time uh it 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 fit in the amount of time that i could play right i could you know you know by the time i was done with the day cleaning up a bunch of shit and you know setting up the house and doing all all the fucking you know stuff that i needed to do around here i had about an hour or two a night to play and that fit perfectly so I was like, yeah, let me give you know get that. If you have if you like Risk of Rain 2, you should pick up the DLC for sure. I would just never able to beat beat it is part of the reason why I haven't picked up the DLC. Oh. Well, it I've beaten that game every way that you can, uh, without doing like the super crazy challenge run uh, shit. Um, most of the time I just play really chill fucking, uh, you know, on easy mode just to, you know, just to kill time and, you know, have fun doing it. It is a decent shooter, uh, and, uh, it can get pretty fucking hectic after a bit. Um, but yeah, I could, I could show you how to do all that stuff. It's multiplayer too, so we could multiplayer it as well. That's true. Um, but yeah, it's, uh. It was I that kept my interest for you know for a while, um, and then uh, that was right around the time that Stray hit. Uh, you know the cat game, and I talk about cat games, and the cat decides to freaking hunt my leg again. Um, but yeah, I played Stray uh, Stray as short of a game as that is. Um, it's actually pretty nice. It was it was a uh, it was something completely different. Um, never really played a game there. I, you know, had a cat that was that fucking intelligent, which I called bullshit on immediately. I'm like, there's no way this cat would have died immediately. <laughs> they're not, they're not that smart. Come on, I'm not much of a cat guy, so I was I didn't really have any real interest in it. What's is it a puzzle game or what is it? It's kind of a puzzle game, but it's also kind of, um, you know, it's more of a uh, uh, of like an exploration slash puzzle, you know, situation. Um, You're using the cat to, uh, you know, to uh, pick up certain items uh, and, you know, learn a little bit more about the uh, the 
you know, the state of the land, what's going on in, in there. Not that the cat really understands, but it, you know, it kind of through teaching the cat, you learn as the player what's going on in the world. Uh, and it's more of, you know, kind of like an exploration, you know, uh, puzzler. It has some, you know, some interesting moments in it. Uh, and you know, it looks beautiful. Like, uh, I mean, they did a, a really good job of, you know, capturing how a cat moves and, you know, all of the, you know, the, the fun stuff about, you know, about the cat. The cat's kind of cute. I guess that's the selling point is the cat's kind of cute. Um, that That's a defense mechanism for cats, by the way. That's... That's the only reason why they exist. Um, but yeah, it's 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 all right. It's really short. Um, you know, I think you can get through uh, Stray uh, in. I put six hours into it, six point seven hours. into How it. much was that game? Uh, it was uh, I think it was 20 bucks when I bought it. E, e, oh, no, it's 30 bucks. Um, yeah, it's, I don't know if it's worth 30 bucks. Um, Clocking in but, at $5 an hour. Yeah, I don't know if it's worth 30 bucks, but I mean, it is actually a, you know, a decent looking game. If you got a, you know, a good rig, you can turn it, you know, turn it way up. It does, you know, the, the environments look really great. Um, uh, but I don't know if you can find it on sale, it's, it's probably worth a sale. Um, the, uh, you know, it didn't blow my, you know, it didn't blow me away, but it's still a good game. If you can, you know, if, if you like that kind of thing, it's, it's very atmospheric. So, um, and that's, yeah, I spent a little bit of time on that, obviously, uh, most of the shit that I've been doing, you know, for, uh, for gaming though, has really just been, um, you know, small little fucking games here and there playing, you know, a couple, you know, trying out a few things like I tried out off world trading company and didn't like it very much. Uh, tried Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles, Shred uh, Shredder's Revenge. Didn't like that very much. Um, I, I tried, uh, you know, uh, ghost, uh, uh, Tom Clancy's Ghost Recon Wildlands didn't like that very much. Uh, you know, it's it's just like a bunch of little things. I've tried to play Hard Space, uh, Hard Space Shipbreaker, and I just need to, you know, I need to put my nose to that one to actually, you know, enjoy that. I know it's cathartic. It's just, it, you know, when I was playing it, it was just, it was not the flavor I was looking for. Um, played a little bit of Everspace 2. Uh, I know that game's not complete, but man, that game looks beautiful. Uh, and it plays great. You know, they just need to add, you know, if they, uh, if they were able to complete that story, um, and add more variety to the ships, I think. I think it comes out uh, in about then, six months. What's that? I think it comes out in about six months. Yeah. So it's, it's pretty close. It's pretty close. Uh, what I found is I I really kind of zeroed in on one kind of ship, and it just turns out that that is kind of the best way to go about it. Um, 
you know, I ended up using one of the drone carrier ships and, you know, the the drone carrier ships are just way fucking overpowered because if you don't have drones out, you get extra shields. If you do have drones out, then the drones take all the fucking, you know, the hate from all of the ships that are coming at you. That way you can focus them down one one at a time and you can build drones out of the fucking wreckage of the ships that you just uh, blew up. So it's just kind of like a never ending cycle of, you know, throwing fodder at the fucking enemy and, you know, you know, using your good guns to, you know, to take them down. Uh, it well, as soon as I got a ship set up that way, it was it was pretty much game over. I uh, I had. Uh, I had like some of the best guns that I could get on the ship and I was tearing things apart immediately. And as soon as that, as soon as I hit that, I didn't even complete it. I I didn't even uh, complete what was there because I just, uh, I was like, I want to see what they do, uh, you know, with it. If they uh, finish it up uh, and do like a, um, a starbound style fucking update and make you know, make that fucking, you know, make the game play, you know, totally different, then I'm all right with that. I don't think they're going to do that. I think they're just going to finish the, uh, the, the cutscenes and finish the story and just call it good. But what's there is still worth, you know, it's still worth the price of game pass for sure. Yeah. It's for game pass. I've been playing a lot of one game. I've got a couple that I, I've picked up recently to give a shot. And there's one I like, but I haven't played a lot of called Monster Sanctuary, which is kind of like, uh, basically you're, you're killing stuff like Final Fantasy IV style and then capturing those creatures and then training them up kind of like Pokemon um, with additional abilities. They got all their own skill trees when you fight stuff. So you kind of pick it, you, you pick up whatever you fight essentially you fight a new creature, you can pick it up a new creature, you get their egg or whatever, right? And you hatch it and then then you get that thing and then you can level it up. And I that's all I can tell you because I've only put about a couple hours in it so far, but it seems cool. But then I got really, really addicted to a game called Ring of Pain. Oh, yeah. And did you play that this afternoon by any chance? Yeah, I did get it actually downloaded. It didn't take half the day that I expected it to, but... I got it downloaded and I played through uh, uh I played through a few runs actually. Um I haven't beaten any of them. Um but I, that game I Yeah, go ahead. I was going to say there's there's kind of some few a few things the so every time you play through it you're unlocking cards for your deck. And yep. then every time you beat a difficulty you unlock new modifiers for your run. So the current, I've beat it on easy, medium, and hard, but with different tactics on all of those. So once you beat the first, it's not really easy, but once you beat it on the first difficulty level, because that's what I'm going to call it, um, the first starting item you get is basically 20% stealth, which helps out. Um, And then on the next run, I can pick up any level one item that I've unlocked as my starting item. And so I typically pick an item that gives me two extra cards in the deck. So let me explain what it is. So you have cards that slot into different places on your character. You never see your character, but your deck is like your helmet, your 
your armor, your leggings, your shoes, your weapon. Um, you've got a, a vial that usually gives you certain modifiers, and you've got a couple of cards. One is just like a spell book, and then one that is single spell cards. And you're filling that up by spinning this circle of cards, which are either creatures or items or modifiers, etc. The idea is to go all the way through this, they call it the Ring of Pain, each one of these levels that it spawns have different creatures in it and different decks of cards in them and different modifiers, etc. And so you're real-time building a deck as you're going through and then kind of figuring out if you're... You get, like, souls... Not like Dark Souls. It's kind of like Dark Souls, but not really. You get soul. You get currency every time that you kill something, basically, right? You kill something based on your stats versus their stats. So you've got, like, a stat for dodge and stealth. You've got a stat called clarity, which modifies... Curse resistance and your, um, your crit. Um, but how much are, you get back from potions, and how much you get back from potions. But you can also get cards that actually do better with it when it's negative. So I've had my clarity at negative seventy five. Oh jeez! Um, but it gave me a really crazy effect. So the modifier I usually start off now that I got the other run type unlocked is the two extra cards. So I get two extra cards, but I have 5% stealth. So every time you pass a creature, um, they get a chance to get a free attack on you. So the reason it starts you off with 20% stealth on your first runs is so you can pass left or right and get to the items to start building up a set for your first few dungeons, basically, um, to kind of get you started. And initially, the strategy I found works best is getting your attack up to about six and getting your speed up to about eight or nine. Um, defense is in the next stat that I, I max out, but sometimes you don't get that lucky. And so in those cases, you start to understand how the cards work together after... I've probably put 300 runs in this at this point, right? Because the runs, sometimes you get incredibly unlucky at the start and you die in 45 seconds. Um, right. And there's just no getting past it, right? Um, and then sometimes I've had runs that's lasted me 45 minutes. So you go all the way through the ring of pain and then you got a couple of decisions you can make, which really out affect the outcome, your next set of rings that you go through before you get to the final one. And I don't want to say what it is, but it's a pretty open ended choice system um, in that everything can die. And I'll say it that way. And I hope at this point you figured out that you've got a dialogue with that weird, creepy Albert thing, right? Yes. Yeah. You, you highlight the little speech bubble and then you get some flavor text. But there's also the flavor text is actually giving you some direction for the game. And you'll start to get that the further you get into it. But it's got three difficulty levels. And then you start to unlock new starter modifiers. Um, and these you have to you get unlocks based on if you get through the normal hard, super hard version of those dungeons. Um, and then you actually get more exit points to try different modifiers. But really, like the, the base strategy of this game is if you can survive a custom encounter that gives you more rooms to go through, which means you get more powerful before the end. And when I was talking about the one that had modifiers to negative clarity, um, I also got splash damage for points in negative clarity. So... That means that I deal damage to one, I deal damage to all. Um, the best run I had, I found an item that modify that gave me um, petrify for every time that I healed. 
And so I'd intentionally take curse potions because my curse resistance was shit. And then I had an item that gave me, well, I had two items that healed me on kill and then one that healed me on attack. So it healed me for two on attack, it healed me for one on kill, and it healed me for two on kill. So I'd take a curse potion when I'd see one and purposely knock my stuff down so that I'd get half, I'd heal as I killed. And then I'm petrifying everything in the entire dungeon because it would hit all creatures on the, on the map with that petrify, which was one point oh, of damage, wow. right? And when you get to the later levels, you might have 30 creatures. And then I also did petrify damage on attack. So petrify reduces their overall base health. So you're literally, and then once you get to 100% petrify, they die. Or, you know, or if you kill them. So that was one of my unbeatable runs. Like once I got to the point where I'm healing while I'm killing and I'm petrifying everything, like it was just nothing could stand against me. It was ridiculous. Um, I also, usually by the time you get to the end, like you're, like on my better runs, I've had stats where I was at like, 58 attack, 50, 50 plus block, and then like 65 speed. Because the higher your speed, they don't even get a response to you. It might take them two turns to hit you. So initially, like on the low end, like you kind of focus on evening everything out to 10 if you can get that. And then you start working on whatever works best with your card synergy uh, from there. Right. But like once you're about halfway through the dungeon, you need to be pushing about 20 on your stats. And there's cards that will let you take one off every stat and then add four to a certain stat. And so when I'd find those, I would kind of balance it out that way, um, boost my stats quickly. Or there's a mask that lets you get health for every overheal that you get, um, which I like a lot um, in the early game. And so, again, like I've played this. I've been playing this since Wednesday, and I would venture to say I'm probably 20 plus hours into this little game. It's addictive as hell. Um, I, I didn't think it would be good because I didn't like the art style and then it kind of grew on me. Yeah. I, I saw it looks that. cheap as you, fuck. <laughs> yeah. When you, um, when you said it, uh, I looked it up and I'm like, man, this is a really weird art style. Uh, and of course it looked like a card battler and I'm kind of on the fence on card battlers. Like I like a few of them. Um, I mean, I've, I've liked, you know, you know, like tainted grail, great card battler. Uh, you know, Monster Train, another good card battler. Um, it's uh, you know, so it, they're they're kind of hit and miss because some some card battlers just don't you know that it just doesn't work out. Uh, this is different in such in a way because you're not really you know you're you're collecting items, but it's you know the you know the world is basically built from the cards, and you know the the items. Uh, I mean, you can get some really good fucking synergies with the items. I had a freeze setup uh, where basically every time I hit something, it froze. Uh, and if something hit me, it froze. Uh, and if you freeze an enemy, it can't do anything. So even if it's, you know, an enemy that explodes on death, if you can kill it while it's frozen, it doesn't explode. Um, I also... I had a run, and mind you, I'm, I only played this for maybe a couple hours today, you know. But I also had a uh, uh, had a run where um, I had a glove that gave you automatic knockback on every attack. I like that glove because you can attack the exploders and knock them into other creatures. Exactly. 
so I was using the exploding enemies, which sometimes they'll do like 20 fucking damage if they explode on you, um, which is a lot in that game. I mean, you only, you know, you only start out with like 14 health um, or 12 health or whatever the fuck. I mean, it's really low. Uh, but if you can use those big exploding, you know, exploding guys, you can set off a chain reaction that sets, you know, that will kill big you know bigger enemies that come at you uh there's there's been a couple situations where i've found like you know different paths through the dungeon that require you to do something you know in a uh, in a you know in a certain m- amount of moves um there's a uh, there's one i think it's called patience uh if you go into the a room that's named patience you only have a certain amount of time to get to the exit before you are blocked in. And by blocked in, it's going to ruin your run. Unless you have, there's an item that lets you pass blockers. And if you have that, that's when I usually do patience. I don't pick yeah. patience on So there's two that I don't, I don't pick patience very often. So I feel like I have to have a special setup. So basically, you got like four turns for this room that he's talking about. And there's these two creatures that have 100 health and hit for about 15 damage a pop. And usually when you get it, you don't have that much health, you don't have that much block, etc. But there's an item that lets you pass blockers, and if you get that item, then it's no big deal whatsoever. So if you have high stealth in the block item, or the blockers item, you can just scoot around and pick up all the items. But it's usually a room with a whole bunch of items and a very limited amount of time. So you basically got to put yourself in a position, because they also move closer to you every single turn so yep. you you can if you can you gotta gotta get yourself you gotta pick one or two items pass most of the creatures and get yourself in a position where you can hit the exit there's also a shuffle um a shuffle deck spell that you can get that helps for that um <laughs> which is kind of hilarious because you can just shuffle them back and then find your exit um and then there's a uh, banish card you can use, which will send them back to the back of the dungeon and give you more time. But I don't, yeah. I don't typically do it unless I have some kind of escape, so to speak. Um, there's one, there's a card that you're a spell you can get, which lets you automatically teleport to the exit. Um, so if you get blocked yep. in on both sides, you can use that to get out of that too. But I am very selective when I get that. The best one to do is there's one called ambush. Now, early on, it's it's good because usually you've already figured out you've got five blocks, six damage, and about six or seven speed, which is enough to kill most of the things in one hit at that level. So if you have like those stats and you can beat the first two creature types that you always get in the first dungeon, then it's worth it. If you don't have very good stats, it's kind of a suicide run. But basically, if you can beat everything, it'll give you an item at the end. It's a guaranteed item. And you're getting souls from everything that you're killing. Um, in the later stages, like say you're at like stage nine or 10 or room nine or 10 and you're doing ambush, you need to be pretty fucking beefy because it's going to throw some really hard shit at you. Um, you and have I, to kill everything. You're right. So you can't to pass get to the item. You can't really pass anything. You got a selection of picking either left or right to attack. So that's all you have. And you have to like fucking like. If you're at the later stage, you need to be in a position where you got to like self healing or something like that, and you hit like a fucking truck um, to get through it. But usually, you get a, a an epic level or a gold level item, um, which definitely helps out. And the gold level items are all really fucking good. But 
like I said, like if you can find things that are like key in that game or games or games, cards that heal on kill and cards that do splash damage. And particularly there's a a gem and a necklace that both do one splash damage on one is on attack and one's on kill. And then there's a uh, wand, a purple wand you can get that does two random splash damage to the front. And then there's an item that'll let you do that adds three soul damage to everything you do. So you essentially, um, it's multiplic, it, it, like it, it basically you're doing splash damage on every single attack move you do. So you're doing like five random damage all the time, every time you attack all across the board. And it's really fucking handy. Um, so like when you can get into places where you can basically AOE, like that's kind of the key to the game or the other way to play that game is like the freeze play, like you're playing, you're basically freezing on every hit. And if you can do that, then you avoid all the damage. Um, but yeah, it's a really interesting game and it, it, it makes you think on the fly. You're like, how am I going to readjust my strategy? Am I going to reroll or am I going to make the choice to like get rid of this item altogether or am I going to pass and then hope? that I have a high enough dodge to get through this or I have enough health or I see that potion around the corner, so I'm going to grab that as soon as I pass. Um, it's pretty interesting and it's really addictive. It, it came out really late last year. I want to say about this, about like October, November of last year. And I just skipped over it because it looked like Five Nights at Freddy's or something art-wise. Didn't yeah, even look at it. The, the owl does, yeah. I didn't even look at it. And then now that I've played it, because it's like flash animation is what it looks like. Um, it's really simple, highly stylized art. Um, but the gameplay is so fucking solid. It's, I find myself really liking card battlers nowadays for whatever reason. Well, the good ones, right? Tannigrill, right. Slay the Spire, Monster Train. Those are three of the best card battlers I can think of right now off the top of my head. Um, and now Ring of Pain is definitely up there because it's different, it's different from those, you know? It's just, they're right. just games that make you think on your feet. And I like that, uh, you know, since my, my reflexes aren't what they used to be. Well, it's, it's also a game you can sit back, you can chill and play this game, or you can get real into it. You know, it is a game that you can, you know, lean back and just use the mouse to, you know, to play. You don't have to be, you know, you don't have uh, a whole lot of Twitch movement or anything like that. Um, now, don't get me wrong. I like games that, you know, that requires skill. This requires a, uh, uh, an amount of forethought. You know, how are you going to try to use these random items to build something? Uh, and sometimes it just doesn't work out. Like, you know, it's it's all random chance. It's just like, you know, uh, you know, playing a card game, honestly. Uh, but you, uh, you know, when you go through each one of these runs, you know, at a certain point that, yeah, you, you're going to you're going to get a you know a decent amount out of this run or uh conversely you could you know pick a card that you know at the very beginning of a fucking run that gives you uh plus five to a, a random stat and minus five to a random stat and what it does is it gives you plus five to defense and minus five to attack and you spend the next fucking four or five rooms doing one damage you know to you know to monsters and that does not last very long um, no, but there's a knife you can get that does two poison on every every attack, even though it reduces your overall attack. And if you can struggle bust through for just a little bit, it's actually a 
pretty good if you can yeah. get there's a pair of pants that also gives you one poison on attack so like you can build around kind of realize that your early game you're just getting stuff except for certain things that really synergize later on like there's some freeze boots that really synergize with everything for a long ass time Mm-hmm. Like there's a whole build built around like entangle, which is an effect that like freezes everything in place with vines, which means that you have like in the later stages, you have these creatures that will follow you. Um, yeah. And it stops that altogether. Yeah, because those things suck. If you don't have enough speed and attack to take them out in one hit, they they just suck. Uh, and the phase beasts are the are my the bane of my existence on every fucking run so far. Because they have such a high defense stat that no matter where I'm at, uh, I only do one damage and they do like fucking 18 or 20 fucking damage a hit. And it's and they only have six health, you know, so if you can use a spell to kill them, then that's great. But if you try to melee attack them fuckers, you cannot, you know, it, it's, you that's know, where it's that's, built that way. That's where that splash damage comes into play, and you just pass them and kill everything else. Or there's the poison exploders that continue to divide, um, and you just use all the kills that you do on them to kill the those guys. And there's another way that there's a card that lets you befriend the those guys, um, which means they don't even attack you, which is actually kind of crazy. Huh. Um, there's okay. also quests like you're gonna you come to a room where you can kill like puppies and dogs <laughs> kittens and all sorts of stuff yeah frogs um, yep. frogs um all sorts of cute things you can either get a bunch of extra souls there's a w- thing you can do to befriend those creatures and there's also a quest to kill them that you can get by talking to the guy in the room that usually gives you a pretty good item um it's an interesting game we've talked a lot about it jason i haven't heard your voice in a while um i know right <laughs> did you try this game out or have you still been stuck on what are you playing Not right now? yet no um i just didn't have much time for for games this week so uh the most i did was a few more runs in uh vampire survivors because that's just it's super easy just get into and like you know load it up put your mouse down and just wasd your way through that shit yeah, Vampire Survivors is another game I was playing. Um, yeah, I mean that it, it gets pretty fucking deep, you know, trying to you know to unlock all of the different uh, uh, different characters for that, and each one of them has like unique builds that you, you can do. It's 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 pretty interesting. I've beat that game six ways from Sunday, so I'm kind of waiting for a big content patch. I know they just did another content patch, but I'm waiting for more things for me to do in that game because I've beat. I've played, I've put 50 hours in Vampire Survivors. Like, I mean, it's a good game. Yeah, that's, it is a good game. Yeah, it's, you know, I mean, for an, you know, a game preview or early, pre, you know, uh, early access game. I mean, it's, it's fun. It's, you know, it seems pretty simple, but I mean, you can, you can really go, you know, you know, pretty, you know, pretty stupid. That game gets crazy. Once you get up to, you know, the point where you're killing death. Yeah. Did I've you, not even killed death yet. You you can't technically. 
You can last well, a while I, and you'll get bonuses, but he's in, it's intentional for him to kill you. I've put a I mean, lot of hurt on him though, a couple times. Yeah, you can get you can get pretty close to killing death, but and you know, on like certain runs, you can get pretty close on that. Um, you do get a survivor for killing death, uh, so you do have to kill it at least once. Yeah, um, but you have to do it by modifying the INI file for your damage. No, uh, no, you can you can do it. You know, legit. You just have to have the right set of items to be able to you know to do it. Um, you know, you basically need to be invulnerable for a period of time. Uh, and you have to have enough damage out to be able to kill it before it kills you. Uh, so, and it can really kind of wreck your day in like one hit. So, um, and there's no escaping it. You can't run away from it. So you just have to sit there and, you know, face tank it, you know, for a period of time. But there's a way to go invulnerable for, I think, up to like, you know, eight or 10 seconds. And if you can do enough damage in that eight to 10 seconds, you can kill death without you know without having to change the ini file uh i haven't been able to do it but you know it's that's a thing you mean yeah the two time the two times i got close um that invincibility uh item dropped off of a off of a candlestick but like it but then i didn't have the right combo of weapons i guess i wasn't doing enough damage output yeah you can't really rely on things that proc or you know things that um you're gonna have like you know direct damage uh like the wand uh the knives uh you know things of that nature and you have to have them all upgraded up to the maximum so that you can do as much damage as possible um but man it's yeah it's it's pretty crazy you know that game is nice uh and just you know i'm just with uh uh, with justin i i've gotten it you know i've beaten it and you know i've completed a bunch of runs you don't necessarily uh, really beat that game because you always die um but you know it's it's just it needs a little bit more i think and it's it's uh, it's a feature complete at the moment where you can have a lot of fun with it but if it adds more and you know kind of ties up you know ties up and in, in doesn't have to have a story per se but it kind of alludes to you know some form of story to it i mean you're after you know you know you're after killing a vampire right you know right. well, i'm not necessarily seeing you know, I'm not necessarily seeing the vampire right now. So, uh, but it, you know, for a game that looks like it just took you know art assets from fucking the original Castlevania and you know made a you know made a game out of it, it looks pretty good. It's an insanely good early access title. Yeah, I can tell you, you know, the only other fucking game that I've you know that I've put any length of time in. Uh, uh, power wash simulator. Yeah. Yeah. You've been playing that, that game. Uh, uh-huh. you've been playing that. Yeah. I've been playing power wash simulator because, you know, 
<laughs> There's it's, something oddly satisfying about it. It is. It's very, very satisfying for an unknown reason. And you spend like half an hour, 45 minutes fucking like power washing a dude's fence and backyard. And for some reason, it's satisfying. And I don't know why. I can't really put my finger on it. Um, maybe, maybe it's just because I'm a perfectionist and I don't like things perfectly clean. Um, maybe it's because, you know, everybody wants, you know, has wanted to grab a power washer and go power wash a fucking sidewalk and see it perfectly fucking like not dirty. You know, it, it scratches a weird itch and I'm not quite sure why that itch exists. And I didn't know that it needed to be scratched, but Power Wash Simulator for sure scratches a weird itch. And um, yeah, it, it's it's good for a little bit of time. I mean, I, I wouldn't put a whole lot of time into it, but I mean, if you wanted something to just, you can turn your fucking brain off. And it's a game that you literally fucking turn your brain off to play, because if you thought about it, you're just looking at wasting time right now. <laughs> um, yep. But I mean, it's that that's that's installed. It is a game, and boy, it 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 is it is a game of this year. Um, <laughs> uh, it's not it's it's not great. But uh, if you uh, if you want to technically play a game and clean things, there you go. I I'm I not- I put about an hour and a half into it, and then I got frustrated with it. Why did you get frustrated with it? I'm I'm curious now. It's so tedious. Tedious? Yes. Well, it's super fucking tedious to me. Right, because you have to pick up you have to clean every single speck of dirt from a and thing. Then sometimes you it... miss the thing and then you don't know what it is, and then I just got frustrated with it. I actually uninstalled it. Oh, you said fuck this thing. I'm gone. It's gone. Yes. Ah, I'm no longer I'm no longer playing it. I started I don't know. playing that when my wife started playing House Flipper. Oh God, that's a thing on Game Pass. <laughs> oh my God, yeah, those sim games are are really weird. Like, it takes a special kind of gamer to get into those, or a special mindset to get into those. Like, there's the um, uh, the fucking uh, computer builder simulator, or the fucking uh, you know, like the house flipper and a bunch of other, you know, random fucking like, you know, mindless little fucking things that you would normally do. Like these are these are games built on the tedium of life and people are buying them and playing them as entertainment. I think we've come full circle. I think we've got we've gone, you know, a little crazy as gamers right now because. I mean, when, you know, when you were, when I played this, the lawnmower simulator was actually trending. You know, that was a thing that was, that was going around. Oh my God, you should play lawnmower simulator. It is like the most cathartic thing in the fucking world is playing fucking lawnmower simulator. You're mowing lawns. Okay. Or you could, you know, go out to your garage and get the the real lawnmower and, you know, walk outside and experience life and mow your own yard. 
no, no, I just have the neighborhood kids do that for me. Well, so speaking of mowing lawns, I here's what I did. So I couldn't get real sweaty with the new tattoo, right? Like that was uh, artist orders, right? My lawn was actually, I was going to mow my lawn. I got it Saturday last week. And I couldn't mow my lawn that day. No, I got it. Yeah, I got it Saturday because we was right before we did the show. But I uh, couldn't mow my lawn. And then my grass started to grow. And I started to kind of panic. I was like, my grass is going to be a field by the time I can mow it. Oh, um, my God. And I didn't want to be that neighbor that had the homeless house, right? So started to freak out. And I was like, wait a second. It can be an adult. And for just this once, I can pay somebody to mow my lawn. So I went, you know, looking for a lawn mowing service and somehow got committed to three mows, which I'm actually not that mad about. Um, it's $40 a mow, which is not a bad price. It's what I used to pay the kiddo. Um, and they edge. So, and then it also happened to be um, somebody who lives in my neighborhood is who, who also contracts through this app that I found. And I guess it selected somebody that lived close to me to do it. So that made me actually be at ease a little bit because he lives two streets down from me. Um, but yeah, mowed and edged and everything. And uh, it's kind of nice. I didn't have to spend an hour and a half this week mowing. So, oh, my God. He's addicted. He's going to use the service all the time now. He bagged my grass. He bagged it. Yeah, oh my he, God. Bagged, he bagged it and he edged my My lawn has never looked better. Um, like, I've tried to edge the weed eater and I'm not very good at it. Um, he had an edger. He had, he, you know, with my lawn, like, I'm kind of worried about getting too close to the pool because I don't want to, like, accidentally tear it, you know. Right. Um, but, yeah, he got really close to the pool. Um, he, like, my lawn looks fantastic. <laughs> I'm going to at oh least let God. it go these three times. And then I'm going to pay him a little bit of money to clean up my flower bed up front. So I'm actually, I mean, it's a little bit bougie. I had I had mm. some, a couple of other things happen. So I got some money back. I was going to go see Bauhaus this month. Fucking the lead singer, Peter Murphy at 65 years old. This is the whole reason I wanted to see him because he's going to die soon. He's in, he's, he went to rehab. So the show canceled. All their shows canceled. Um, oh my God. Paid $150 for that ticket. So getting a refund on that, right? And then me and John from um, picking up the pixels were going to go with me, him, and my friend Vanessa. So that was a major bummer. So I was like, well, I'm going to have more than enough money coming back from that. So I'll just use that money to mow the lawn. And then I'll do it three times. And then I'll have like two or three more mows that I got to do this whole year before it's not growing anymore. So I'm 100% okay with it. You... You bougie ass motherfucker! You're having a you're, you're having a fucking landscaper come in and fix your fucking flower pots and shit. Yeah, it's it's pretty nice. It's pretty nice, fucking. You know, you you you've you've I'm upgraded. In a better, I'm in a way better place than I. I'm making almost double what I was making this time last year. So, not in a horrible place money wise, and I just just sitting on a pile of extra money. Um, yeah, not and spending somebody it for was anything. giving me shit for having somebody uh, come over and clean my house for me. I'm not going to go. Well, I have gone that far. Um, <laughs> I have pay, I have paid a few people occasionally um, to clean the house or help me clean the house. I've gotten really busy at work though. So to be fair, um, I 
hired somebody to help me with cleaning when I was working 12 hour days. Uh, well, yeah. So otherwise my house was just going to get fucking filthy. Uh, you know, when you're, you start work at seven in the morning and you're getting off around eight o'clock at night, like you don't really want to do that extra bit and you want right. to have your weekend for yourself. So, and you want to, you know, once you get off that late, right? Like this is without me even taking a dinner break. Because I had taken a lunch break, like you're cooking dinner, and by the time you're done with that and like the few chores that you needed to do, it's like nine thirty, and you got an hour and a half to unwind before you got to go to bed. So, like, I was really wore out, so I paid somebody three different times to clean the house just to help me keep on top of it while I was doing that. That was pretty. Well, wild. What do you think? That's pretty. What wild. do you think my life was when I was working a twelve hour shift, man? That was well, that you, was basically you, it. You had time to clean. I technically did, but I mean, I got lazy bones too, man. That's, you know, <laughs> and believe me, I've been paying for it because I call, I call it lazy. I call it luxury tax. It's just like I was talking with somebody at work and I was like, you know, to me, it's not the worth the 50 bucks in savings for me to live in a terrarium. So I'm not turning up my AC to 78 degrees. Um, I'm going to keep it at 70 degrees. That's what I want it when I'm in the house and I'm working. I want to be cool. I want I want my boys downstairs to to feel great. Um, I don't want to sit here and sweat while I work. I want to be comfy. I don't want to turn on fans in here either. I'm this fifty bucks isn't worth it to me. So it's luxury tax. Right. I don't fucking care. Hey, I mean, I'm I'm not giving you a whole bunch of shit. Well, I mean, in, in the I'll winter, I'm, I'm the exact opposite. Like, I don't mind it being cold in here, so I just leave the heater at 69 degrees, and that's just the temperature it is all, all winter long. Nice. So, <laughs> the reverse happens. The, yeah, it's it's a it's a thing. I actually kind of miss it. I would love to have somebody come in here and fucking clean this place up. Holy shit. Like... Yeah, but they're going to charge you like $5,000. Dude... I mean, you know, the the place was just a couple, you know, a, a couple points off of having fucking, uh, you know, uh, the um, the guys that come in for fucking uh, hoarders unlimited or whatever the fuck it is. It was it was pretty bad. Uh, I mean, it wasn't it wasn't overly bad. Like I've seen I've seen those shows. Right. It's uh, it wasn't like shit on the but fucking wall. It wasn't normal. Shit. What? It wasn't normal. No, no, it wasn't normal. No, it, this was this was accumulation over a long period of time because nobody else was living here. So it was just a bunch of stuff that needed to move. So uh, we got the stuff moved. It's it's perfectly fucking grand right now. But man, uh, I don't I don't have the. Uh, I don't have uh, the the help that I normally had once a month to come in and just deep clean things. So I've had to do all that shit myself. And I'll tell you right now, I miss it. I really do. I started having... saying, did you even remember how to deep clean? Yeah, I remember how to deep clean. I've watched people do it before. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, it's it, it, it's um. It required some deep cleaning to you know to get right, and of course I took over the kitchen here, so uh, I've been keeping that you know that bitch nice and spotless. Um, it's 
it's a it's a work in progress this 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 whole place is going to be a work in progress probably for you know for a good while now uh i'm i'm just now you know i'm just happy that you know i've got a space that i can call you know you know relatively fucking you know set up right now and um yeah we'll just we'll, we'll, we'll work from there i'm not doing a whole lot from you know from this point now because you know I'm alone for the next week. It's not a bad thing. No, no, you, you gotta have, you gotta have your me time. And I'm gonna spend. Uh, uh, my uh, my folks are out uh, camping right now. Uh, you know, for the Labor Day weekend, they're gonna be spending the entire weekend out. You know, out of camp. I told them I wasn't gonna be able to make it tonight because I had other plans, but. I'm probably going to go out there tomorrow night and probably going to get shit faced around a campfire. It'll be fucking great. It's, you know, that's the thing. I can do that. And the campground is like a mile and a half away from where I live right now. So, uh, you know, if I do get super shitty, I mean, all I need to do is just, uh, you know, inconvenience somebody for five minutes to take me back home. You know? Yeah. It's not too bad. I was before so we, I was going to say I had a couple of things to review, but I'm going to hold off until the next section. Did you have anything that you got in progress or anything? Because I know you have at least one game to review, and I was going to hold off till section for the new section for that. Did you have anything else yeah. that you're playing right now that you wanted to talk about? Um, uh, not right now. I mean, Ring of Pain was the you know was the thing that you uh, you know introduced to me you know to me to, you know just this morning. Um. And I mean, I've been uh, playing a little bit of Death Stranding director's cut, but I mean, I'm I'm kind of in and out of, you know, video games at the moment. So it's it's kind of hard for me to get into anything and especially hard for me to get anything, uh, get into anything that's online. Uh, like, you know, my buddy wants me to play Final Fantasy 14 again, um, and I, I just don't see that happening with two, you know, with two machines. Uh, in the same house, running this, you know, running on this fucking bandwidth. That's just <laughs> running like, under a mega line would be great. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I mean, you know, with the upload it, being under, your, you know, one minute. I start say you, you hit W, and two seconds later, you, you take a step. Oh no! Everything works uh, perfectly fine on the client. It's just everybody you know, else sees you walking around. I would look. F- yeah, I would look like I'm moving on my side, but it, they wouldn't see it for another five seconds. Uh, and because I play a healer in Final Fantasy, I kind of need to have like really good connection because, you know, I hit a lag spike, somebody dies. Right. So. And that's that's kind of important to, uh, you know, important to have as a healer is, you know, good Internet. Um, but yeah, you know, It'll happen eventually. I just have to, uh, you know, bug the shit out of them to, uh, you know, to install it. Well, I'll give you a couple of quick hits on some things that I've also been playing. So I've gamed a lot in the last week, um, despite being really busy. I haven't watched any TV. All I've done is played video games. Um, There's a game that came out the other day called Orcs with an X, O-R-X. It's a tower defense kind of card battler. I've heard it compared to Carcassonne, but I don't know what that is. Um, essentially, you get 
different tiles and then you connect stuff together to build out your kingdom. So it's done in like kind of a, I could call it like a painted comic art style maybe. And the you get the card, right? And so the card is like a road or the card is like a tower or the card is like a piece of a castle and you piece stuff together on your map. And then you have waves of orcs that are coming at you and they're trying to come for the center of your village. And it's the idea is they're going to attack whatever's in front of them first. So you're never going to get in a position typically where you have your main hub surrounded by towers. And it's all on a timer, right? So there's different modifier cards you can drop that increase the timer so it takes the orcs longer to get to you. Um, but you're building out these castles and so you have like edge pe or like end, end caps, um, connector pieces that are like a a straight piece with two end caps on it and then diagonal pieces and then different little modifier pieces you can attach in between. And when you get end caps on all the ends, you've created a castle and you didn't have to face any sort of way. Um, and it's got pause. You hit your space bar and you can pause and you can build. Um, but essentially you create an economy with the tile set. So different tiles, once you complete a road, you get a certain amount of gold that comes from that, right? Otherwise you get one gold per second, basically. So I complete a road and then I add up a little village in the end. And then based on the length of that road is how much cash I get, but I'm always drawing more cards as I go. Um, and then I can shuffle those a limited amount of times. Um, to get a new hand. And so that hand is what I'm playing, and I, the gold is used to play the cards. So depending on how much gold you have is what kind of cards you can you can play at that time. Um, it's pretty fun. Um, right now, it's in early access, but it's a pretty feature-complete early access in that what they're adding is they're adding additional races to the game. So right now, you can play as like a human clan that gets all of their defense and all of their stuff from castles that you build and troops that you place down on the map. And then there's another clan that's another human-based clan where they do, they don't have towers. It's all troop-based, so it's almost like playing a completely different game, even though it's tower defense. Um, you place down um, barracks, and there's different buildings you place down on roads that provide spawn points for those barracks to shoot troops out. And the troop count is determined by another building that you place down. So it's a strategy game um, and tower defense. And some ways is actually pretty complex. But once you kind of start to get it, it's pretty cool. Every It's a run-based game, right? So you're, the, the goal is to get through four. Um, so every level or every it's four acts and every act has like five maps. And every time you beat a map, the orcs get a modifier, so maybe they get 20% stronger or they get additional special attacks or you you can draw something that reduces the total amount of gold you have or whatever. And then there's a corruption level that makes the orcs stronger that increases and you can choose to increase it or decrease it. The 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 If you increase it, you get additional modifiers for you that are good, but they also get additional modifiers that makes them better. So there's kind of a balance back and forth with how much corruption you want to do. Um, I think it's this week right now, it's like $13. Um, not a real big game. It gets daily updates. Most of the updates are not, are just balance updates, but it doesn't like 
overwrite your run or your progress or any of that stuff. And the only thing they're doing is unlocking two more factions or clans or whatever. Um, but yeah, you're always unlocking cards every time you do a run, and those unlock cards make the next run that you do much, much better. So like initially I had very basic cards when I ran through the first time and I got almost to the end of Act 1. Uh, but then I unlocked Poison Towers. And then I unlocked a card that let me delay the waves by placing this tile down. And so you can't get overly OCD with this game because sometimes you just have to make things work. So, for example, um, I would try to be making the perfect castle for the first wave and then fail because I didn't have any defense up, right? And then I figured out I can take a diagonal piece and increase the size of that castle for later. So I'd create a real small castle before the first wave of orcs would come. That way I'd have something. And I'd upgrade the shit out of it. And then I'd put the diagonal piece on it to grow it. And then I'd create this really, like, all your castles are going to look really fucked up. Um, they're never going to be perfect unless you want to lose. Um, but then you get to a point where you're creating these mega fucking castles that are, like, span half the map that have all sorts of defense. So, like, for example, your base castle is an end piece. You can do two end pieces together and basically create a tower. And it's got, like, five damage and a thousand health, right? Well, the mega castle I had had 300,000 health points and um, 600 damage. So you can see, like, there's Damn. a pretty big difference in in stats there if I continue to grow it. And even though it's, like, very asymmetrical, et cetera, because I'm just, like, using diagonal walls to continue to give it points to expand on, um, it, it gets pretty interesting. But... Um, like, I would work on trying to get the longest road before um, the first wave came out to give myself a base, a good base economy. And then I realized that, like, I'm handicapping myself because I'm only getting one gold a second. And it's better for me to build, like, a five-tile road, drop my card on there to get a little bit of money, and then later on make a road that has no start off the side of a castle. And it's going to look shitty, but then I can create my big road as I get extra um, tile pieces for roads off that and eventually create a mega um, like money money uh, income builder off that road because you can also place a card that gives it like 30 gold uh, worth of income that'll come off of that plus you get a bonus for how long the road is so like I can I can do that in the later stage of that level and get that huge bump in income instead of trying to, like, make this perfect defense from the start. So basically, you just kind of throw shit together and get ready for your first wave. And then while that wave's going on and you hopefully have a decent amount of defense, then you're strategizing the better defense that you're going to have for the next wave and the next couple of waves after that. So kind of getting used to the rhythm of that game is interesting. The runs can take a little while. Um, it does have a speed button right so you can put it at like fast speed it's you're not pass you're you're passively attacking everything so you basically just need to kind of predict where stuff's going to come from and it, it usually attacks you from two or three different sides and then it's always kind of got an interesting thing like there's a one of the bosses that that it spawns because it i think it does different bosses every time for the end of each act but like there was a boss that would increase the cost of all my shit um and so i figured out it'll tell you where he's going to spawn and you can't build anything on the tiles that he's going to spawn on. So I started building up a tower in the two spots that he kept spawning from. 
and I literally just fucking laser beam him the fuck down um, as soon as he popped out with my new tower because I had a tower with like 500 damage on it, right? So um, I kind of got used to the rhythm of that and then playing this game has been, it's pretty satisfying, but you can't, pa you can pause in the middle of a run, but if you quit and come back to it, then you start that level over again and the levels take about 30 minutes. So I was able to play like one level of lunch break is about what I would get out of it. And with me like doing Damn. no working out or whatever, like I've been spending my lunch breaks playing video games. So I just make lunch and then I play a video game. Um, but yeah, like that came out like Tuesday and I want to say I'm 13 hours in. And then I bought a game yesterday that I'm already 13 hours in. Like I said, I've been playing nothing but video games um, called Realms of Magic, which is a lot like Terraria, but not Terraria. It's a quest. I would call it quest driven Terraria. It's not as wacky as Terraria. It's based on like medieval fantasy. But you start off as a random dude. It gives you a quick tutorial level to kind of teach you the basics of the game. Like, this is how crafting works. This is how farming works. This is how you use your hoe. This is uh, how you attack and you, um, and how you use um, your shield, etc. right? Then eventually you unlock like a dodge, which definitely helps. It's like mandatory where I'm at right now. Um, and basically you're running quests for different villagers. So like I did the first thing, it sent me to a captain. He gave me a bunch of quests and there's these static tiles on the map. So it gives you an overhead map that you teleport to, and then on that tile, you can't, like, dig or chop trees or anything like that. It's a set map, and there's objectives on that map. So there's usually, like, a hard enemy on the map. Maybe you're – I've been trying to make decisions that are good. So instead of killing people, I'm trying to hear them out as to what the story was. Like, in one of the scenarios, I ended up lying to the officer that told me that I needed to kill this group of deserters and then kind of fake their death kind of thing. And so there's like a fair amount of story to it, which is where it really differs from Turia because it's very quest-based. And you don't, the creatures don't level with you. You level, but they don't level. The, the different areas have a set level within like a five-level range. And so you can over-level your character past that level, but you're not going to get the materials that you need to get super over-leveled until you get to the next area. So right now I'm having a hard time a little bit with the next area. So I've been, I figured out I needed to dodge. That was my problem. So now I'm doing lots of ninja rolls with my character. Um, it's got a whole stamina system, kind of like a Souls game, right? Like when you dodge, it uses a certain bank of stamina. When I swing my weapon, it uses a certain amount of stamina. Got a guy that's based, um, trying to do a magic pull arm build. I didn't look anything up. This is just kind of what I chose. It was like, oh, the pull arm moveset is pretty neat. So I've got a halberd, um, and then I got a flamethrower spell, basically. But uh, it's pretty interesting. Like, there's a there's a real grind to it, right? Like, you can go to, on this overhead map, like, it unlocks this little bitty sector. This is basically the level I'm in, right? And then here's, like, the five or six set piece tiles that are in this area. And all the rest of the shit is sandbox. So if I want to farm, you know, mining materials, then I need to dig down in different areas. If I need to farm different um, plants to unlock shit to make a garden, well, I can do that, too. And you can really, at the onset, as soon as you unlock the tutorial, you can basically just go to a random tile, um, pick it as your base, essentially, and then go in there and then start creating a little structure and setting up all your crafting stations, which is exactly what I did. 
Um, and every single item has a use. And there's a shitload of items just like Terraria has, right? Where there's like 5,000 items. Um, oh, yeah. Like I found out cobalt ears I could use to make a certain type of potion. So I was selling off all this random shit and I didn't realize that all this, what I thought was trash, is also items I can use for different materials. So I started creating more chests for all this stuff and organizing it the way that I want to. But it's got smart sorting. It's got a lot of like quality of life features that are really good for this kind of game because there's a lot of inventory management. Um, like you can basically hit stack and anything that's in your inventory, it'll auto move it to that chest if those same items are in there. Um, and then you have bag slots, nice. which you can craft bags to give yourself like every bag gives you like, let's say like an extra 20 spots in your inventory. So, and then you get higher level bags, which of course give you more inventory on your personal character. And then you can craft better boxes that have bigger inventory, et cetera, right? Um, it does this thing where you can save in an area. So like my initial base is kind of in the middle of this map and the, the little random maps are not super big. It's about, let's say like the quarter the size of the Terraria world, but this is every single square and there's probably a hundred squares per little area and there's several areas, right? So it's, it's in a way much bigger than Terraria. But you're only going to find like that level of item there. So, for example, I can only find copper and tin in the starting area, so to speak, which is the only metal I can unlock. And there's both unique items that I can get from quests, which are stronger, but have negative effects. Um, or I can craft shit to help me get past the uh, the soft lock of where I'm at, which is kind of what I did. I got some unique items and I mixed and matched some armor shit from that I could craft to get past the soft lock. But so far... Um, that's what I'll be probably playing till about 1am this morning and probably be playing right. most of next tomorrow. Like I put six or seven hours into it today. Um, yeah. I mean, it's, it looks all right. It looks, it looks like a mix between Terraria and, uh, uh, Starbound. Um, that's a very with, good, it's a very medieval Starbound. That's what it is. Yeah. That's it has the uh the pick and axe but it also has the you know the the building materials and uh but it adds the you know the the rpg style questing to it uh so it's basically like a medieval starbound yeah it's it's surprisingly good i also got that on a sale it's only been out of early access for about a month and a half well since june and i i'd had it on my wish list and then i saw that it went on sale for like 13 bucks and i was like yep gonna do it so, Gotta get it. We should take a break. <laughs> I think I we've agree. been going close to two hours. Jason, you, you good for a break? Yep. All right, guys, we'll be back. And we're back. Woohoo. All right. So we talked quite a while because we haven't talked with Rusty on the show in quite a bit. Um, so we saved a couple of finished game reviews for this section. Um, Rusty, I wanted yeah. to get your take on Cult of the Lamb because you just finished it, right? Yeah, I just finished that game. That's one of the ones that I've been saving up uh, for this. Uh, but yeah, I, I went through Cult of the Lamb um, and... Man, the game starts out great. I mean, you you kind of get a uh, you kind of get a, a feel for how the combat works and you know and how the uh, uh, the the cult building of 
you know in that game works uh, and it, it does require a little bit of busy work uh at the beginning uh before you can really go into combat um and then the game gets real good right about the midpoint it's you know it's hit a you know a point where you can kind of have uh, a self-sustaining cult and you can go do some combat and you know and you know finish off some of the bosses but boy that game you know falls on its face as soon as you get all of the upgrades it really does like just as soon as you finish the upgrades and everything turns into gold all the devotion turns into gold that game just you know it unbalances itself real quick uh and then it's just like can this game be over with faster can we please just be done with it um and that's that's disappointing because if they had balanced that a little bit better uh and possibly made the cult a little less needy um i would be happy with that game um you know one of the things that you do with you know with that game is uh is you go into you know like the, the four main dungeons right and once you complete the dungeon you can run through it again and kind of do like an endless mode where the enemies get stronger you get better weapons uh and you can kind of you know just go for uh for a good period of time but by the time i get to about midway through the second portion of the run my cult is fucking rebelling there's people dying in the fucking streets everybody's fucking starving about three people are fucking dissenting and they're trying to fucking steal my gold while I'm fucking in the, you know, in the dungeon. And I've got to fucking boost out of there because, hey, you know, I, I've got to go rebuild the fucking, you know, cult for because I was gone for a couple of days. And they're really fucking le- really fucking needy. What they need to do. And this is one of the things that I uh, I was thinking of while I was, uh, you know, while I was going through the uh the aftermath of this game i was like what could they do to make this better they need to make a uh, a job for one of your followers to cook basic meals uh so that your care you know your cult isn't starving when you're gone uh and you need to have you know uh your cult be able to automatically dispose of corpses if you can do those two things uh, most of, you know, most of the other stuff can be automated so you can get your cult to actually do literally everything that you would need to do. Uh, and then you could just go have fun in the, you know, in the dungeons and be able to, you know, experience the combat and the combat's really good, you know, but it was severely hampered by the fact that you got to go babysit your fucking cult. And, and if you don't babysit your fucking cult, man, it puts you back. Like you have to spend a lot of time just kind of like coddling these fucking, you know, these NPCs uh, just to get back to a point where you can safely go do a fucking dungeon again. And it and uh, it just it's one system playing against the other system and it just doesn't it doesn't feel right. Yeah, I I also I got to a point where I got past the third boss and had all of the unlocks. And so the only real reason to play the game from that point forward was to beat the game. And so I had minimal investment in my my village because all I was doing was get money and I had 
like a ridiculous amount of money, like so much money. And I had nothing to do with it. You know what I mean? Right. So, so it was worthless because I had nothing to play it towards. And so it's like there's a balance issue. So it went from a really strong four and a half for me down. I'm, before I say what I said later, what do you, what do you rate it? It's, um, I mean, it's, it's, it's good, but it's not great. Um, I don't think it deserves a three, which is kind of like, eh. yeah, that's 60%. Um, I, I think it deserves, it, it deserves a little bit more than that. I would say about four. Um, if they was, if it was, if they was to, you know, to balance that, you know, that stuff out, then it would be a, a bit better. I do like the art style. I like the, you know, the gameplay, the combat. Uh, and at first the, the cult building was great. Um, because it was, you know, just like you're using people as a resource and that is, you know, that's kind of neat. Um, especially for a, uh, for a game kind of like this. Uh, but it just, it just falls flat. So, I mean, I'm, I'm hovering like a 3.54, you know, right around in that area. Yeah. I, I gave it, I think a three, nine is where it sits in my head. Yeah. See, it was, it was great for the first like 65, 70% of the game in the last five or six hours were a slog. Yeah, I'd say it, it peaks right around the middle and then it falls flat real fast. Like, um, just, I mean, I can tell you the point. I mean, as soon as you get all of the upgrades, that's exactly the point where it falls flat. Right, because you have nothing to work towards. You, you ruin right. the incentive. Yeah, so if if they made the you know the upgrades a little harder to get, maybe that would be you know that would balance things out a little bit longer, so that you're still doing upgrades you know for your cult as you go along. Um, I just basically I didn't even focus on giving blessings every day like the last five or six hours. I just kind of did my sermon and got the best uh, demons that I needed to take with me on my runs, and then just called it good. Like that's, and then waited till they died and then just refresh and recycle until I had an army of like 30 people doing all my work at the, the camp. So like I was almost on autopilot aside from the little bit of roguelike afterwards. Right. Well, my, um, I, I had like four or five really high level, uh, followers and everybody else was somewhere between level one and level five. Um, because I didn't, I, you know, you're supposed to go and, you know, like, you know, talk to each one of the followers and fucking do the sermon and maybe do like a confession booth situation. Uh, and honestly, I mean, I couldn't be asked. Like it was, it got to a point where there's so many fucking followers running around that you end up fucking clicking on the wrong fucking follower half the time, uh, you know, trying to get shit done. And there's like four or five different things you can do with the followers. And it's like, uh, after a minute, you just stop. It's yeah, like I, fuck this shit. Yeah, I wasn't microing them at all at towards the end. So for me, it was kind of I don't know. It wasn't a disappointment because I had some fun with it, but like it just it didn't it didn't ride that high through the whole game. The, the first part of that game is great, right? Well, I mean, yeah, the first part of the game is great, and it just it just it just dies. Um, you know, so it's 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 a good pickup. I mean, I, I still recommend people play it. Uh, just understand that about 
you know, about a halfway to three quarters of the way through the game, you're you're going to want to finish that game and just be done with it, uh, which is unfortunate. Yeah, I didn't have a lot of replayability. I mean, I could see myself creating a different cult, but like I said, after the 60% mark, like you're not even managing them anymore and it didn't matter. So, right. Um, I will give a slightly better review to another game that came out this year that's already been reviewed by a ton of people, but I finally got around to. So I played Ghostwire Tokyo. And I talked about it a little bit because I'd gotten started with it um, on the last show and probably gotten about five or 10 hours in. And I just, I beat it last weekend. Um, that game's pretty good. Um, so basically it's a first person magic shooter is what I call it. You You have like a slap basically, or like a palm hit that you almost never use, but basically you, you go around talking to different ghosts, picking up quests and then go around defeating like the weird Japanese demons all over this town. And you get to a point where you can like, lasso these demon creatures to get on top of buildings and then like power glide through stuff. And there's certain sections of the game where you lose your powers and you have to rely on like a bow and arrow with 10 shots and these little abilities with limited use that you can use to stun creatures or turn your, (laughs) add a bush to the environment so you can sneak around things. And so there are times where it's like a weird stealth game. Uh, but then it moves back to a really surreal, like, magic shooter is what I'd call it, because you've got you got wind power, fire power, um, water power. So the water power is basically a shotgun. The fire power is a big old powerful fireball that you charge up. The wind power is your quick hit. You can charge up for several hits. And then you can get these upgrades to your character that increase the power of each of those things. Um I didn't play it through on hard. I played it through on normal and beat it in around th- close to 30 hours. I want to say 27 hours to my final playtime. Um, but it's creepy in a pretty cool way. Um, there are levels that like, I think they call it the corruption or something like that. That's happening where they like, like skiz out. I don't know the right term for it. Like they, it's like it, it's like, a lost packet on a YouTube video or something like that. And then things like shift. There are whole times where like, I'd be walking on the floor and then you'd see the shift and then I'd be walking on the, on the wall and it would shift. And then the whole environment would change. Um, like the special effects that they're using, you don't usually use the word special effects, but the effects that they're using with ray tracing and with the way they build the world out is pretty great. Um, I don't know. I had a lot of fun with it. The, the parts that got old to get the negative out of the way is all your quests come from these ghosts that have these little high-pitched voices, and it got annoying after a while. Um, and then you don't see them speak because they're floating and ethereal and don't really – they just kind of like float kind of hunched over. And things that were kind of creepy at first became not creepy at all towards the end because I was so used to it. Um, but the creature design's pretty cool. It's just there's a limited amount of creatures. There's a lot of like slender men and – like faceless things, right? You've got a sneak attack that's pretty neat that looks really cool when you kill stuff. But um, it's a really interesting game. And I had a lot of fun with it. The story's not amazing, but it's not milk toast either. It kept me engaged throughout the whole time. And the final fights of the game, the boss fights were pretty fun. Uh, the The final few boss fights, though, are pretty, pretty out there, but not actually that hard. At least... Not to me, because I got really used to how the combat worked. Um, the combat's a little bit rote, 
but it's serviceable and really it's the it's not quite a pixel hunt right but like you're there are these like tanuki which are are not tanuki they're raccoons but they're like spirits that disguise themselves as like a billboard or as a barrel or whatever and you go around the town finding them and you go around the town finding all these wells that give you additional power to your superpowers basically um, and then you've got all these souls you're trying to save. So every time you go to a soul, you pull out this little paper angel thing and you suck all the souls in. And then you go to a telephone booth, which is kind of cool. That they had telephone booths in here. Don't ask me why. But <laughs> um, you go to the telephone booth okay. and then you dial out and then it sucks all the souls to a safe place, which is kind of crazy. But it looks really cool when it happens. Um, it's uh, Ghostbusters, the uh, the. Uh, uh, Japanese edition. Yeah. Yeah. And you got to do these like sigils. So like it, when you banish something, it'll show you a line set that you draw with your right stick. This is, I think plays pretty good with the controller, but like, say it's like left, then diagonal, right, then down all the way, then diagonal left, and then straight across. And then you do a circle, right? So it'll show it real quick to you. And it's like a memory game, right? And then you got to do it correctly. And then if you get really frustrated with it, you can let it auto do it. Well, there's no penalty if you let it auto do it. But I always tried to remember. I'm really good at like those weird pattern memorization stuff. So to me, it was really engaging. And I like doing it every time I banished a spirit. Um, but yeah, and then there's this whole like death fog, fog that's all around the town. So you go to these shrines and every shrine opens up a section of the map because you cleanse the shrine, then it opens up more of the map and the fog moves out of the way. But it's a pretty good looking game. I felt like it was pushing my card a little bit. Um, I wouldn't say it's quite cyberpunk level of detail, but it's well optimized. So like I didn't have any frame drops or anything crazy. Again, when you're talking about like me, Rusty or Jason, like Jason's not low end, but our low end is a 2080 Ti and our high end right. is a 3090. So Results may vary across cards, and I, that's the only thing that we yeah. have going against us. Right? If you had a 1080, uh, if you're playing, I think I feel like a lot of people on a pretty average card would have to play this at basic high definition, like 1080, not 4K 60 Ultra, like me or Rusty would play it on. Right. Um, it's and not a thumbs, not a thumb on our nose at anybody, but like I feel like that's part, like reading through the comments in the game. A lot of people that were having some issues with last gen cards or the gen before that, because a lot of people have the uh, what's the fucking the like that like this will barely run on a ten sixty, right? You know the GTX cards probably not great. Uh, some of the base RTX cards, as long as you can put on, you know, uh, you can you probably know, DL do DLSS and it's got it's got DLSS options, and I put it on quality on my setting i've always used dlss because yeah. i so, never notice any difference to be honest i don't think you're mode. running that game on uh above 1080 on anything less than a 2070 yeah probably. it's probably on a on a 20 series card you're probably running it at 1440 on quality settings with ray tracing then on a 30 series card you can run it at 4k on everything but yeah, like overall, um, I had a lot of fun with it. Some pretty interesting scenarios it throws you in. The world building's really cool. Um, I liked that part of it, and I liked all the random shit you find in the world. I spent a lot of time listening to podcasts and just like 
Spider-Manning my way through the city and then floating down to different areas and finding more shit. And then after a while, it's like, all right, it's time for me to beat the game. I've, I've saved three quarters of the souls in Shibuya. It's time for me to to finish this game out. And I really like the whole... Um, I like the Japanese, like darker Japanese stuff, like the demons and stuff like that around, you know, old culture. So like that stylistically was really cool to me. But anywho, um, I'm a lot more picky with games at 4.1 and which I think would be on the higher end of the scale of people rating it. But I liked it a lot. Yeah. Um, it just, it just had a few flaws. If it had a better plot, a little bit better combat and more variation on the ghosts when you're interacting with them, I think it would have been better. I know there's some people that really trashed on the story. I didn't mind the story that much though. Yeah, most of the most of the reviews that I saw for it was, uh, yeah, it's you know, it's Ghost A, your enemy uh, enemy type A with a little bit of enemy type B, and you're using the same spells, and uh, you're gonna have to go recharge in a flashing trash can. Um, yeah, you you, know, you break and, the trash cans or the weird glitchy cars, and that's how you get some of that stuff back. But if you you have this weird move where, like, when you stun something, right, like, and you get it to a point where it's, like, ready to be absorbed, you, like, use your magic lasso and pull their core out, and that also gives you some of your in, your ammo back, basically. And so you get to a point where that's so upgraded that you can grab that really quickly. You can, And when you've done a massive amount of area damage, you're grabbing, like, eight of those at a time, so you basically almost instantly recharge. It only really, there's a couple of creatures that cut off your soul powers. Like there's a creature that has this big, it looks like garden shears. Um, she looks like a, like a ring girl with a hat with garden shears. And if she gets a good hit on you with the, the shears, it cuts off your powers and then you're forced to reabsorb your powers mid fight. And it's pretty tricky. So you have to have something to stun that, that creature again to get your powers back so you can absorb them. Otherwise you're using a bow and arrow. Which is trash against that particular enemy, but um, it's it's a pretty cool game. Um, I got it on sale. I don't regret it at all. I got it on Green Man, and then like once you buy like ten games off Green Man, you're like permanent platinum status or gold status or whatever. So they give you additional discounts. So I got it for like twenty seven dollars, and it's a triple A or double A game at least. I'd say it's pretty close to triple A. Yeah, it, I mean, it rides it the line. But it rides the line between double A AA and triple A pretty close. Yeah, it's it looks great. It's supposed you know it's it's supposed to be kind of eye candy, but I mean there's there was a couple uh, things that I saw in the you know in reviews, and normally I don't I I tend to you know just take reviews with a grain of salt because it's you know just one person's you know opinion, um, and well I mean right around the time that that came you know that. You know, that game came out. I saw the reviews for it. It's like, oh, okay, well, I mean, it looks great, but it also has it has elements that I I would personally find, you know, not great, you know, not appealing. Uh, and I think that since somebody pointed it out, it was probably one of those things that I would then see all the fucking time and it would drive me crazy. What was, uh, so, what was that thing? Well, the, you know, the variation in enemies, you know, the fact that, you know, you have to go and, you know, touch a random piece of trash in the fucking environment to, you know, to get your, uh, your power, 
putting it back and your ammo and whatnot. Uh, and the fact that it's like, you know, I, I don't know what stuck with me was the 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 whole like trying to uh, uh, work the Ghostbusters thing into you know you know into it. I know it's a, to- a totally different system. It really hasn't been in any other game, uh, and it's unique to you know Ghostwire Tokyo. But for some reason, every time going to a fucking you know a phone booth and uploading your souls that you've saved is um it it just felt kind of there's a you know kind of tropey there's a real benefit to it so for all those you save you get a certain amount of skill points and so i maxed out almost everything before the or by the end of the game um because i was also doing that as i was flying around was you know i'd kind of mark there's a phone booth over there i'm going to kind of clear this area out which is what i was doing is but the there's these floating cats that you bust for coins and use the coins to buy consumables like your arrows and your freeze talisman and your snake talisman and all that other shit. Um, uh, the fortune cats. Yeah. So that you're already, it's kind of like busting crates in a game, right? Okay. I love busting crates in games. And so every time there was a glitching out car or a golden cat, I was hitting the the palm hit button to break that as I was running around. Um, but it was, like I said, once you get into the, there's a parry system too. That's not a hundred percent necessary, but it is necessary in certain spots. It's not parry. It's just like, if you have a timed block, you also get souls back. And I got pretty good at that. Um, or I say souls, um, ammo back. So when I was, there's no dodge, right? So when you're fighting, you can kind of run and you got, eventually you can get ahead of them a little bit while you're running. Um, but I tend to just get a little bit of distance and shoot them and then they come to me and then I would do the perf- perfect parry or whatever, right? And get the mana back basically that I needed for shit and then just destroy whatever it was that was coming at me. There's a lot of incentive to do charge attacks versus like single quick attacks. Because, like, a single charge attack on a maxed out wind upgrade is, like, four hits. Uh, verse, and it's for the same price as one quick hit. So, you max it out if you're doing that. And it hits a little bit harder. And then once you get it mixed out, maxed out, it's, like, 30% more powerful than the base state of that spell. So, that actually becomes a fairly powerful spell. But, anyways, long story short, yeah, 4.1 is a good score for it. I don't know if it'll make it into game of the year, but at least it at least an honorable mention, depending on what else gets released this year. Well, if if I can find it on sale, I might actually pick it up, um, you know, but, you know, I have to devote an entire day to downloading shit until fucking fiber comes in. So it might not be a thing until after fiber. Fair but enough. Yeah. Well, so. We should go. We got, right, We have well, a limited amount of news stories, so Jason will let you lead in. We do have a limited amount, and uh, some of it positive, some of it negative. So I'm going to leave it. I'm going to start on the negatives, kind of negative, so we can end on a good note. Um, this week it was it was announced by Kodakawa Corporation, the company that owns FromSoft. Uh, that they will be uh, sharing, 
uh, selling a minority stake of shares to both Sony and Tencent. Um, they will still retain uh, roughly seventy percent of the of the shares, uh, while Sony is purchasing fourteen uh, percent, and Tencent subsidiary Six Joy Hong Kong is acquiring sixteen percent. Okay, that's um, uh, that's that's some news. <laughs> So yeah, right. it's a uh, ten cents fairly predatory, and so I'll uh, keep some of my threats to my uh, threats, <laughs> some <laughs> of my uh, some of my comments to myself about ten cents. But I actively try pretty hard to not, um, I don't know, try not to support them in any way that I can. Right. Well. They're kind of like the the Chinese EA, only worse. Um, and <laughs> that's kind of the the thing that they, you know, that, that they that goes against them outside of the whole political thing, which we won't get into the um, the 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 reason behind, you know, the the idea of Tencent just grabbing up stake and you know, it's, and it's like is, it's like if EA was bought by the Proud Boys, then how would you feel about it? That's how I feel about yeah. Tencent. Yeah, it's 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 kind of you know kind of similar. You know, it's it's increasingly difficult to find you know ways to separate gaming and politics these days, and that's kind of a weird thing to you know to think about um, because everything is kind of you know interconnected, and you can't really you know, like you Here, know separate these things. Here's the crazy thing. So this is the most, there's 1,200 comments on Twitter about this, or on Twitter, on a Reddit. The best comment I found right so far was, don't want to beat Radagon to obtain the Sacred Relic Sword? Buy a Relic Chest for only two ninety nine with a 10% drop chance to drop either the Elden Beast weapons, and you can get a Relic Sword now for fifteen ninety nine. You buy the weapon and smithing stones for up to plus five, so you can jumpstart your upgrades now. Um, they're also really heavily invested in mobile games. But right. to be fair, um, Path of Exile hasn't been ruined, um, no. and they own like eighty percent majority share of Path of Exile. Um, so there's that because they own they basically own Grinding Gear games. Um, but League of Legends, one of the reasons I quit playing League was because I found out Tencent was a part of it. But they also own a forty percent stake of Epic as well, right? Right. They own so much, like their net. I don't remember the exact number, and I don't have it pulled up, but I want to say it was like $320-plus billion in total stake holdings for the whole company, like what they're worth, which is freaking crazy. And they own so much of the gaming community. They have, they have majority share in things like TikTok, and there's a, something kind of like um, WhatsApp in China called like WeChat that they own. Um, right. Tencent. Like many of Tencent's software stuff has been taken off many whitelists for a lot of different adware software, software as well as um, from different security companies. So, like, it's just kind of shady. But to be fair, and this is one thing Jason just brought up that I found out while I was reading about this, is that Katakawa still has a 69% share overall, which is really good. 
Um, right. They're going to use this yep. investment to help them self-publish. So this means they'll be able to tear away from Namco Bandai, which I have zero problem with. I mean, they've, they've been a fantastic company, but FromSoft hasn't been able to self-publish their stuff outside of Japan. So I guess this was their way of breaking away from Bandai Namco so that they can self-publish in, in the West. But it still makes me pretty leery because that's still a one-third stakeholder of the company. And that's you still have a significant sway. Well, not right. one third, one six, right? Because Sony's not going to do anything bad. At least I don't think so. They haven't fucked really anything up. Sony's no. done a pretty good job of a lot of shit. They're probably just trying to get you know you know they're get trying to get in on that uh, fingers in the pot. Yeah, which I'm, I'm imagine right. Tencent wants to tap into that Elden that Elden money. Um, and that's exactly it. I mean, but but Reddit is fucking freaking the fuck out. Like Reddit is pretty much doing the exact same thing with my thoughts on it. I'm trying to have a more balanced opinion on it, even though I have a little bit of beef with Tencent. Yeah. And and it's it's just basically, I mean, it's a little bit more politically charged than than you would say, you know, say like, you know, if EA uh, picked up a bunch of shit. You know, but it's still a big gaming company that has their hands in just about everything. Uh, and, you know, they have a reputation for doing a, you know, a, a unique version of ruining games. You know, and I don't, Tencent I don't likes to sell little things like, you know, you know, the the fucking loot boxes and shit like that, because it's it makes them so much money on the mobile side that they want to throw it into everything. Well, EA's very similar in that. Um, but there's still, I mean, I'm, I'm going to go and say that there's games that have come out of that, you know, that region that still are quality games and they're, and they're worth playing, you know, just, for instance, you know, Dyson sphere program has none of that shit in it and it's, you know, and it is a, you know, it's a quality game. It's a, it's actually fairly fun. If you like a factory, you know, factory games, that is, you know, that is a factory game that you can play. And, you know, it's, it doesn't get as much press time as, you know, Factorio or fucking Satisfactory or any of the other factory games, but it's definitely a game that, you know, that you know, comes through that. And it's, you know, that's completely fucking owned by Tencent. You know, I just have a hard time having any portion of my dollar going towards Chinese censorship, and that's the part that really bothers me. Aside yeah, from anything well, else, like that is the one thing that is not conspiracy theory that I believe about Tencent is they play a big part of electronic censorship as far as being a big portion of the Great Firewall and a lot of other things that are a part of CCP. Right. And well, that, that part really bothers me the most. And then, you know, yeah. it's unavoidable because I do buy stuff on Epic sometimes, right? Um. And then, like Fat Shark, for instance, right? That's a Swedish developer. The people that do Vermintide, right? And then working mm-hmm. on the game that I'm looking forward to the most, besides Elden Ring this year. Um, fucking 40k. Uh, what the hell is the name of that Dark game? Dark Tide. Dark Tide. Right? They got a 34% share in in Fat Shark, which that yeah. also bothers me too. I mean, but so yeah, far Fat Shark's point, been doing a pretty good job of. It, it seems like. They haven't done anything shady because of that. Yeah, it's just uh, it, you're going to have a really hard time, you know, tiptoeing through the landmines that of what Tencent's actually set up 
you know, you know, set shot up the shop up in a lot of different fucking game developers. Uh, and, you know, for those developers that are, you know, publicly traded that, you know, that put themselves out there, they don't necessarily have that, that much say as to, you know, you know, in that situation. Uh, and I mean, I just, you're looking I just at hope- it from this point. But I'm also looking at it from the point of like when EA bought up Bioware and everything after that, like Bioware wise has gone to shit. Like Bioware hasn't released a good game in a while now. But EA is also, you know, and and they're not worse. (laughs) They're bad. I mean, like Bobby Kotick is a fucking, well, no, Bobby Kotick isn't EA. But no, it's um, not. That's blue. But yeah, but But EA is fucking horrendous with fucking loot boxes and shit. Speaking of Sony, um, they also announced plans to acquire Savage Game Studios, uh, which is a mobile game developer, uh, like Rovio and Zynga, um, and apparently are wanting to start uh, pushing themselves into the mobile space and establish a mobile division of the studio okay i mean mobile games have gone you know pretty fucking crazy over the last few years uh and i mean we were just talking about how you know monetization definitely makes fucking you know makes those games you know very profitable for uh for companies it's it's a kind of a no-brainer that they you know that they would try to get their hands in there too i mean I can understand them trying to get, you know, behind, you know, Elden Ring, which is basically a shoe in for fucking game of the year this year. Um, There's literally nothing coming out that touches that. Right. There might so not be anything that comes out that touches that for five or six years. Yeah, it's it's one of those games that just kind of comes out and defines, you know, it defines a generation of games. It's uh, That's one of those. That's what Elden yes. Ring is. It's a better game, but it has the same impact that Skyrim did like 12 years ago. Right. You know, so, you know, for a company, they're they're going to look at what makes the most money. That's where they're going to put their money. Uh, and they obviously believe in, you know, in FromSoft. And unfortunately, it looks like Tencent also did, too. Uh, but um, they're also going to look at anything that can get into the mobile market because it's you know it's one of those situations where if you invest in mobile uh, mobile gaming and you find something that just takes off and becomes fucking viral you know where literally everybody has got to play this game you're gonna make money and you're gonna make money hand over fist so makes uh, you know, it makes perfect sense that they'd invest in that so, Jason, where where are you taking it now? Do you have better news? <laughs> right, right. I I do. This is this will be our last big one, and uh, we can end on a good note. It is official. The GPU apocalypse is over. We are now in a GPU abundance, as uh, according to a report from. Uh, my drivers, um, who apparently was quoting internet industry sources within Taiwan, um, say that, uh, NVIDIA is not 
been uh, too impressed with uh, how slow inventory is moving, even after the price cuts of the current gen graphics cards, and is planning even more cuts in the near future, uh, possibly this month, uh, trying to uh, move out the now abundant stock of 3080 chipsets that are that are out there now that's good right and of course everyone's speculating this is to clear the way for 4000 uh to be released next quarter so well the thing is is that the 4000 series cards are like they're coming up and they're coming up fast like in the next couple months fast so the there's going to be 4000 series cards probably you know sometime after you know uh like in november is what i'm thinking uh based off of you know based off of the information that i've gotten so far i've been kind of watching this not that i'm going to buy a 4000 series card for fuck's sake this this 3090 better last me for a while um but the uh the 4000 series cards are coming you know are kind of speculating you know, was speculating in October. Now they're speculating it's going to be in November, probably because of the uh, uh, the GPU overstock. They just started pumping them out because they were printing money every time they did during the shortage. Um, but they didn't stop doing that. They didn't stop making those fucking chips. Uh, and... They, you know, kept, you know, going on about how the 4000 series cards are going to be, you know, so fucking great. Well, now people are waiting for the 4000 series cards and they're not going to pick up a 3000 series card. Um, well, some of that was also the um, delay in orders from TMS, from the actual chip manufacturers because of the silicon shortage, right? So, um, uh, it just took so long for, it took so long for all of that to catch up that now, uh, now everybody's either, uh, spent way more than they wanted to on a current gen graphics card or way more than they wanted to on a, on a used card that was being scalped on the market. Right. And now, and now no that money. everything's leveled out, there's no money to buy what they really wanted. And honestly, if you're looking for a graphics card right now, and you're still looking at, uh, you know, the possibility of picking up a 3000 series card, give it a couple months because yeah. these price, price drops are just the, you know, the tip of the iceberg. And those, uh, the 3080s, 3090s, they're still chewing through every fucking game that comes out. And they're, they're doing fantastic as far as the performance, you know, and if the price goes down, the price to performance, you know, for a 3000 series cards, uh, that's just going to make them, you know, even more um, uh, wanted. You know, these cards are going to be good for, you know, for a while. Like, I'm not expecting to replace this 3090 for probably another, you know, you know, two, three years. And that's just me saying, well, 
I'm probably going to skip the 4000 series generation uh, and, you know, just pick up whatever the next one is. If I had to guess, it would be 5000 series. Uh, and there's probably going to be a massive leap between the two. Um, but it, I literally haven't had to turn down graphic settings on anything yet. Right. So, I mean, and if, I'm playing if 4K. you're just entering... If you're just entering the market, or if you're in the market, say you've got a 1080 Ti and you're still looking for a graphics card and you want to get into ray tracing and you know and uh, all the RTX goodness, um, yeah, I would wait till uh, I'd wait till the uh, the 4000 series cards drop. The 3000 series cards are probably going to be like a dime a dozen at that point. And they're the the prices have dropped. I think you know. Uh, the prices have dropped substantially uh, just recently. I don't I don't have numbers in front of me, but uh, I saw that they you know, they dropped, you know, pretty hard, you know, pretty fast. Um, and it's going to go down even further once 4000 series cards, especially if they have an overstock of 3000 series cards. So, you know, well, the 4090 apparent uh, is rumored to use 900 watts of power. Yeah. And. I mean, <laughs> you're looking stupid. at. I, I seriously doubt that that's actual. I bet I'm it could. I think that's prototyping. Yeah, but it's, what if it uses 600 watts? Well, it's looking at. Well, I you're mean, the 3090 can use 400, so. Yeah, well, I think I need a 350 depends. for my 3080. Well, you you're looking at. You know, for the 4,000 series cards and beyond, you're looking at either getting a 1,000-watt power supply or getting a power supply specifically for your graphics card. Um, and, you know... You're going to plug supply, in two different plugs for your computer. <laughs> yeah, well, I mean, you, you're you looking at it. You're, you're, we're at the cusp of the, you know, what the maximum a single power supply can, you know, put out. So... I mean, if you're looking at the future and this is and this rumor is accurate and it's going to require 900 watts, you're going to need to have a dedicated power supply for your graphics card. And that is pretty nutty to think about. Like, I've got a thousand watt power supply in there. And if it's a fourth uh, that 4090 is going to take up, you know, 900 watts of that, um, you know, I'm going to be undervolting the, you know, the graphics card by quite a bit because. You know, I I don't have enough overhead to run everything else I've got going on here. You know. Well, the nice thing is on Newegg for right around eight hundred bucks, you can get a thirty eighty Ti. Eight hundred bucks. Yeah, MSRP. I mean that. Basically. I mean that's <laughs> that that's kind of, that's kind of nice to you know, to know because um, you know it, I just. It seems like just yesterday they were going for like thirteen, fourteen hundred dollars. Um, and I get a thirty seventy right now for lucky. about about three eighty right now for a thirty seventy. Yeah, see, and and that's and that's kind of that's, that's kind of the sweet spot. Six hundred dollars Yeah, I mean, prior, prior to me getting ahead. better position at work, I wouldn't have spent it, more than three fifty on a card. Especially if you can get the tick ten gig three seventy thirty seventy. Um that's an upgrade even from a twenty eighty, so yeah, right. you, you can get a thirty seventy eight gig right now for five seventy nine at Best Buy. 
Yeah, but like I said, wait. Give it time. Let the 4000 series cards come out. And then all those the, cards uh, drop. The and tech specs are for that. And then all these because, cards like a month later are like $100 less. Right. The new cards will be about $100 less. Uh, there's going to be probably a, you know, an influx of, you know, these uh, 3000 series cards for people who have to have the latest and greatest of everything. There's probably going to be, you know, that stuff on the uh, on the used market. And you can get a good deal on that uh, now that the scalpers have gone and fucked off. Um, and honestly, if if there is anything that happens in the next year or two and where I upgrade my video card, which is unlikely. Um, it would only be because, uh, you know, my buddy needs a graphics card, like badly. He's running a 1660 and he's trying to stream off of it. Oh fuck! So, um, he needs a video card like nobody's business. So the 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 rationale I would have for upgrading is that this this chunk of you know, awesomeness that's in, you know, in the PC next to me would at least be used by somebody that I know. Uh, I wouldn't fucking resell it. And I would end up having, you know, way more video card than I'd ever need, you know, in here. But we don't even know what the, you know, the tech specs are for, you know, the 4000 series yet. Give it time. You know, let the tech reviewers do their tech review, you know, shit. Uh, you know, there's, you know, a few that I would, you know, I would recommend and trust. Uh, definitely, you know, Gamers Nexus is one of the uh, ones that I would look at. Uh, just, you know, just to, you know, go through and have the raw fucking numbers. Wait for that shit to come out before you go and spend money on it. And, you know, if you're looking for graphics cards right now and can wait a couple months, wait those months because I guarantee you you're going to get a better deal. Well, yeah, man. With that, Jason, where can you find us? Find us at tiltcast.com. Find us on Facebook and twitter.com slash tiltcast. Our YouTube channels, youtube.com slash the real tiltcast. Search for us on iTunes and Spotify. Subscribe. Find some friends of the show. You got Cabbage KBG. You've got noquarters.net, um, bmfcast.com, um, for the love of gaming, and tvgp.tv they also play souls like and with that it's the end of the show all right peace